Rom Companion. Rom Companion. Rom Com. Companion. Rom Companion. Rom Companion. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Rom Companion, the podcast you can listen to alongside your favorite rom coms. Uh, today, we have another episode with the guest here. I'm joined by uh, my good friend Jeff. And today, we're going to be watching. Not necessarily a rom-com. We're going to be watching A Good Will Hunting, but first I want to introduce you all to Jeff. Say hi, Jeff. Hi. Great to be here. Great. Thanks. Glad to have you. Glad to have you. First of all, thank you so much for uh, uh, treating me to this uh, beverage. Uh, we're not sponsored, but uh, <laughs> I'm just really curious. Sparkling Ice, how'd you get into these? That's a great question. I think I just kept seeing them at the store, and eventually I got curious. I tried one, and then the rest is history. Yeah, well, I uh, got to say, it tastes really good. Uh, really appreciate it. I like this tradition we're starting of having guests bring me food and snacks. I know. I think I might have to keep that going. So uh, thank you, Jeff. I'm going to force, you know, it's like the rule of threes. So the third guest definitely got to bring me some snacks, <laughs> even if it's just for the third time. So uh, tell me about why you picked Goodwill Hunting, the uh, rom-com no one would, I think, ever consider. Yes, Goodwill Hunting is my favorite movie, probably mm-hmm. of all time. And that's why I picked it. I have heard that maybe it's a rom-com. In some ways, it could be considered a rom-com. I'm not necessarily sure. But I will say, I was in a screenwriting class in college, and I pitched my script to the seminar as it's... Basically, The Big Sick meets Goodwill Hunting, but it's not a rom-com. And that got a huge laugh. Oh. And I wasn't expecting it to. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that that's part of my understanding of the movie now is, does everyone think of Goodwill Hunting as a rom-com? And I just didn't. And you do. I didn't until then. Oh, I, you didn't, but because... I see what you're saying. I wasn't Beca- trying to make you a pitched joke. it as it's going to be a very serious drama, like The Big Sick, like Good Will Hunting. Everyone's laughing. Yeah, like I hoped that the script I wrote or would write, because I don't think I'd even started. I hoped that it would be funny sometimes, but mm-hmm. I definitely didn't think of it as a comedy overall. You know, may- maybe a drama that has romantic moments and some comedy in it here and there, but. So I, this movie inspired you to want to write, to want to create your own uh, uh, romance or, or screenplay. Definitely, huh? definitely. Well, what about it? And and to be an actor, probably. Oh wow! Um, Robin Williams' performance. Not Matt Damon. Not um, uh, not uh, uh, Ben Affleck, but Robin Williams. Definitely, Robin Williams was the main the main mm-hmm. piece of it. But I will say as I learned about the script and just the fact that it was, you know, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon, I definitely... Wrote it for themselves to have something to, to act in. Exactly. I mean, that part was a big surprise to me more than anything. Like, I just... I never would have imagined it. I wasn't that young when I saw the movie for the first time. I was just probably 17 or 18. And, you know, it had been out for a long while. Um and I was blown away by that. I thought that someone at least as wise and experienced as Robin Williams would have had to write those lines. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? Um, just in case people don't know, yeah. I mean, we might talk about this later on, but 
this was written by uh, Matt Damon and uh, Ben Affleck. Matt Damon wrote this when he was studying film at Harvard, though, so it wasn't like, you know, <laughs> it wasn't like, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of an actor, like, compared to, um, wasn't like Logan Paul wrote a screenplay. It's Matt Damon. He's already been studying film. And I mm. think he already had done a couple of um, films before this, right? Okay, I don't know. And then uh, also he wrote this, you know, in his uh, mid-20s, wrote it about 20-year-old. So I remember watching it. I was like, oh, man, this guy's really young to have, like, this really deep stuff. But, yeah. of course, he was also, like, a bit older, but more mature at that point. Right. Um, all right. Um, and, uh, let's see. Anything else? Did you want to talk about, like, where you went to school? What you, like, like you said that this was obviously an assignment. You're trying to pitch it. Where was that at? Sure. I went to Pomona College, mm-hmm. the Claremont Colleges. And the class was actually at Claremont McKenna College because we got to take classes at the other schools. And it was only offered every few years, so I was really lucky to get in a screenwriting class, and we wrote a full-length screenplay. And I studied media studies, so I was able to take cool film classes, but this was definitely the only chance to sit down and write something this long, especially for the screen. And so you ended up writing it? I wrote it. I wrote it. The what? Uh, what would? What is it called? It's called Open Mic. Open Mic. So yeah. It's about, wow. I haven't talked about this in a long time. It's about yeah. stand up. It is. It's about a stand up. Oh, well, that's the big sick element. Yes. Exactly. Gotcha. And it's about a college student who is on the baseball team, but because of all the toxic hypermasculinity and other issues going on in his life. He quits the team, and he finds himself with a lot of, you know, idle time and energy, and he decides to try stand-up in the, you know, village, the the village area near his school. And when he's there, he meets a stand-up who's been doing it a long time, a real Robin Williams type. Okay. And um, basically, when the guy, Eric, gets on stage to do his set... He's really nervous and he's got those first time jitters, but he's also showing some real dark undertones. And the the Robin Williams type um, gives him his card after the show, and it turns out he's a therapist. And so Eric oh, wow. starts seeing him. That's a rare thing. You people go into comedy seeking therapy, not necessarily finding it, but this guy <laughs> finds literally it. Literally finding it. Oh, wow. Okay, great. And um, uh, uh, the, the part about the baseball team, the toxic masculinity, that's kind of the Google hunting of it? Yeah, I would say so. I would say so. It, it's its very, um, you know, I guess it's its very different in the sense that he's at a, um, like he's, he's getting a formal education somewhere pretty prestigious and not, uh, you know, roaming the halls, um, cleaning the floors and, and solving equations in his free time. But Definitely that, I think. And then also there's a big relationship. I was going to ask that next because, you know, this is Rom Companion. We got to get to the yep. rom-com of it yep. all. Yep. There is a, rom- uh, is this a fellow stand-up or is this a baseball he, fan or wh- where is this romance? The, he has a someone who lives on his floor in school. It's his first year, so he lives Uh-oh. in the dorms. So just th- they meet basically at the beginning. Um, and I definitely tried to feature that a lot. But I was kind of going through a really long and messy breakup the entire time I was writing it. Best time to write a rom-com. <laughs> it, was, it was a lot. Yeah. It was a lot. All right, all right. Well, that sounds really interesting. Open mic. Maybe we'll... Uh, everybody keep your, your ears out for that. Maybe it'll become a, a rom-com. Oh, not a rom-com. A, a romantic drama someday. 
Someday, someday, yeah. I hope. Or maybe you'll change it to a rom-com because yeah. I think rom-coms are due for a comeback. Mm. All right, great. Well, that's yeah, that's uh, definitely, you know, you sold me. I remember before when you said you wanted to watch this, I was like, wait, what? Why? <laughs> uh, but now that you kind of spell that out, there is kind of this uh, uh, rom-com arc of, you know, guys just living his life, meets a girl. We'll talk about this when we start mm. the movie, but uh, I can kind of see it now. They definitely just they play it very straight. They definitely don't go for the... So I guess you could say that this is like a very non-cheesy rom-com because it still is... It's dramatic, like all movies are. Yeah. It's also very romantic and very funny, but they don't, they don't ham it up in the romantic parts. No, I, I would totally agree, and I think they really let those tragic undertones come through. Yeah, yeah, and I, whereas most uh, rom-coms would kind of like uh, uh, sweep it under the rug or just laugh over it, you know? It's right, like, right. <laughs> I have issues. I have, uh, you know, abandonment issues. Ha, ha, ha. Hilarious. Uh, this is just like, well, you should probably go see therapy about that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right, great. Well, uh, anything else about uh, the movie or anything else about, uh, um, you know, your, your writing before we get started? No, I don't think so. I can't wait. All right, yeah. Well, let's go ahead and get this movie started together, everybody. Get it queued up here. I have it started we're going to play it together in five, four, three, two, one, play. All right. And I always say this for all the Miramax movies, guys. I got to say it. This is uh, produced by... Uh, 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 what's his name? Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He owned Miramax. So. Oh, boy. Um, whatever. It's a beautiful movie, but obviously <laughs> not a, a very horrible person. I know. I actually didn't even realize that until um, just the other day before this. I looked up their acceptance speech mm -hmm. for and the And they Oscar. thanked him. Yeah, you? they're like, first of all, we just want to thank Harvey. <laughs> Thanks for believing in us, bro. I was like, whoa, <laughs> that's not a good look. I know. I, I didn't even put it together until then. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, just... Well, since this is the credits anyways, um, everybody, like, you can go to YouTube and, like, look up, you know, like, acceptance speeches. Harvey's name, he uh, is, like sprinkled throughout like every award season and uh it's yeah it really changed the way you watch some of your favorite films the way we uh, uh view that but anyways um here's the introduction and right off the bat i don't know if you knew what uh well how about this when did you first see this i first saw it i was about 17 or 18 it was mm -hmm. i think my senior year of high school and i'd never heard anything about it i just came across it it was on netflix and mm -hmm. it completely changed my life so 17, 18, mm -hmm. and you said you didn't know anything about it, so you hadn't seen any trailers or anything? No, I don't think so. Yeah. I, I'm not sure if I'd even heard it, you know, heard the name anywhere. I mean, I guess after a while, you start to wonder, like, oh, have I heard about this a bunch? Right. I mean, especially when you see something that's so put together, and you're like, most people in society probably know about this, at mm -hmm. least. Um, but... Especially just seeing the legendary moments, uh, like on the park bench mm -hmm. and things like that, I figured this might be a famous movie. Oh, you're like, oh, this is, this is, I guess, heard about this? This is a really good movie, guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Google Hunting, check it out. Yeah. Like uh, yeah, I saw this probably way too young because it came out in 97, so I was seven when this came out. Uh, I probably saw it, you know, middle school, like early high school. Uh, and could not appreciate this and in fact uh, uh you know it was at the time very uh like pop culture -y. like they made fun of it or they talked about it right it's like the janitor that does math problems okay. or it's like you know the 
the how about them apples scene. I think yeah. it's parodied a lot. So I didn't right. really know what to expect. So when I finally watched it, I was like, wait, this motherfucker is smart? Like, they don't <laughs> ever talk about that. Like, no, or at least in the jokes, right? They just show you that opening shot where, with all the books. Yeah, like, I think, like, right now there's a lot of information that if you don't, I think if you watch it a second time around, you'll really get it, right? But yeah. you're right, yeah, like, throughout this uh, uh, thing, right, he kind of lives in this dump, and you just, you really don't know much about him yet, but uh, I guess through the math equations that were kind of in the montage, you're supposed to get the fact that he's really smart. And I did notice this later on. This guy reads, my boy's wicked smart. He yeah. reads so fast. Uh, 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 Will Hunting. I don't even know. Oh, I, oh, oh, oh. Like, I don't know about s- speed reading. You yeah. know, I don't know if that's a real thing or, I mean, I've never, I don't know how fast it is, but this guy, like, takes a screenshot and he turns the page. Screenshot right, right, turns right. Page. Yeah. So is he able to read, like, 300 words at once? Maybe, <laughs> you know? Right. I don't know. It, and if it might have something to do with, like, the photographic memory, quote unquote. I have no idea. Is that what he has? I think. I wish that they would just explicitly say what he has. Because I agree. If it's photographic yeah. memory, then he could literally. Take a screenshot and then just process it later. Take a screenshot, process it later. Totally. That kind of makes sense. I, I wonder if I think they get into it a little bit when he talks about playing piano. Yeah, you know, he's like, some people just sit down and they yeah. play. I just look at a book and I yeah. memorize all the words. I in just there. get it. Yeah. Now here's a brainiac, uh, oh, uh, Stellan yeah. Skarsgård. I think this is the first time I've seen Stellan Skarsgård in a movie. I mean, Obviously, yeah. now he plays a lot of villains and everything. Right, right. I think it was my first time too. So, um, right now, really interesting. Our protagonist uh, is obviously Will Hunting. Great title, Good Will Hunting. Uh, but uh, he didn't say anything. We just saw him get up, go to work, and we're kind of like introduced to this dude. Right. You know, so. And that, you know, I mean, not to give anything away for anyone who maybe hasn't seen it, but that opening with, the, um, with Ben Affleck, you know, knocking on the door it just has so much more meaning now that i've seen the movie a few times yeah that's right yeah oh wow they they really they really make you want to watch this over again that's where all it goes so we can see um here's again some some little hints like oh my boy's wicked smart (laughs) here he is taking a look at the math equation i think i mean i don't even think we're supposed to know that yet well i think he said that there's like a proof and if, uh, if you don't know what that means, guys, it's a fucking math equation. <laughs> and his uniform says Bob. Yeah. His name tag. But here's where you actually get a chance to meet him for the first time. And all you know is that he's just this guy from Boston. He likes to get beers with uh, Chucky, my boy Chucky. Right? So they don't really they don't really spell it out yet. They do a really good job, like, teasing who he is. Uh, fuck Miami, you. I was thinking about this too. So obviously, uh, these two, you know, friends, long, long time friends. I just saw the last duel. Have you seen the last duel yet? The last duel, no. They wrote another movie together. Oh yeah, I've been really wanting to see it actually. Yeah. Uh, and, and 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 that one too. It's like Matt Damon is like arguably the lead, and then uh, Ben Affleck kind of gets stuck with this supporting role. Nothing wrong with that. I think he does a great job here, and Chucky also does a great job in Last Duel. But <laughs> I wonder how much of that is just like. And then you can make me the spark guy, and yeah. then Matt's like, yeah, <laughs> maybe. That's so funny. I mean, yeah, it's it would be kind of hard, you know, deciding between like if I had the power. 
to make one of them the lead and one of them the supporting character. It'd be really hard to make up my mind in a lot of cases, I think. But think about it this way. You, let's say you wrote the movie, right? So open mic, you wrote open mic, you know, and then it's you and your best buddy from childhood. Like, mm-hmm. You both want to be stars. Are you going to, he, he asks you, he's like, hey, Jeff, uh, I really, I like this open mic. Uh, what's the main character's name? Eric. I really like this Eric character. Yeah, I think he's kind of funny. Like, I'm kind of funny. And I don't know, maybe you think I could play Eric? How would you, how would you respond? I, I hope that I would be all for it. I named Eric after my best friend. Actually. Oh, wow. So he's not an actor at all. Sure. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you actually, you would write it for someone else. You I would, would hope so, especially because at least for my, if it were my first, you know, big mm-hmm. movie, like if it were a studio movie, hypothetically, I think I would just have too much ego trying to play any sort of protagonist. Oh, okay. Successfully, you know. Okay, so that's very generous. I, I, maybe that's what happened here. For all we know, Ben Affleck is the one because you know they're po, they're co, uh, 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 they're um, credited as co-writers. Right. So we don't really know who did what, right? Right. Because maybe Matt Damon's just like I had this idea for like a wicked smart <laughs> guy from Boston. Yeah. And then Ben Affleck's like, that's all you need. Thank you for the suggestion. He went home, wrote 120 pages. And- and he said, I wonder. If, I want you to play Will. I want you, you know, maybe right. that's what happened. I wonder if part of why it seems to work is because the characters are so, both so egotistical that, like, I mean, I, don't, I think they're a lot more complicated than that. But it might be tough if you wrote something that heavily features you and your best friend or just you. To play a nuanced character if they don't have some sort of ego. Interesting. Okay. Let's let's actually uh, dissect that really quick. Okay. So, Will, obviously smart. Smarter than anybody would ever know. Smarter than anybody lets on. Where do you think his, how do you think his ego manifests itself? Because I don't really see that. I see him as definitely but more yeah, modest. I, I think that he definitely has the secondary ego. You know, Ben, ben Affleck's character is like the real, like... Yeah. You know, why didn't you give me some of that action? And yeah, the um, hair and the car and the strut. Exactly. Yeah. I would agree. He's definitely got an ego. I, I think that Will does just in the sense that, you know, he's really resistant to help. He's oh, really, yeah. Okay. So it's it's less visible. It's less. It's even less like, you know, traditionally masculine. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, strong, silent ego. Versus uh, Chucky, who like you right, he he wears it on the outside. Okay. Also, what is that redhead guy in? Cole Hauser. Oh. Uh, I only know him from two movies: uh, Too Fast, Too Furious, and Paparazzi. I don't think he's. Uh, oh, he was also in um. Uh, Days and Confused. Oh yeah. Yeah, so I, I, you know, he definitely acted a lot in like the '90s and early 2000s. I don't think he acts as much anymore. He's he's almost looking like a bro version of Prince Harry. Oh, that's a good read. So here's the thing I want to ask you about because this has always really confused me. Chucky, really good to Will. Like in terms of like a friendship, right? Like he treats him like a brother. He's very good to him. But then, uh, what's his kid's name? I don't know his name. Casey Affleck. Casey Affleck. But like he's really mean to him. Yeah, I always wonder, like, yeah, you know, and it, it's like we don't like they're not obviously the characters aren't brothers. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but it just kind of felt to me like 
We're going to make my character fuck with my brother's character. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, I think that's what's fun and that's what's real, but, like, yeah. he never fucks with Will, you know? Mm. And I always right. thought that that was really interesting because, I mean, I think typically when you depict male friendships like this, dudes yep. always busting each other's balls, yep. always giving each other a hard time. He never gives Will a hard time. I agree. Everything he says to Will, very sweet. Very I, I totally caring. agree. And you know what's really funny is I watched Swingers last night, uh-huh. and I got this exact same vibe, and I, I never would have put it into words like that. I think mm-hmm. that's really smart. Really interesting. But here we go. Like, even this. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, you can start to see, yeah, speaking of ego, Will kind of has this, like, self-destructive tendency. You know, he's... Having a good day. They're going to eat some double burgers. Sounds like a good afternoon, but he's like, there's this kid from kindergarten. I didn't like him. We're going to beat the shit out of them right now. Yeah. And again, I love this. The ride or die, you know. Apropos nothing, they just want to come over here and, and help beat him up. Mm-hmm. I love this fight scene. What do you think about this fight scene? I like it a lot. I love the music choice, especially. Yeah. It's very jarring. I remember the first time I saw it, I was like, this is really... Yeah, it's. I think it's almost more jarring with such a sweet innocent song behind it. Yeah. Almost like this is nostalgic or this is like peaceful to them. Yeah. And also the slow, like, <laughs> I love Gas Fancy and I think he's one of the best, uh, you know, directors of our generation, but cannot direct action. <laughs> Get ready for this uh, slow motion punch from uh, Casey Affleck. This shot, I don't know, for me, borderlines on like bad. <laughs> really? <laughs> right there. Oh yeah, yeah, that one. Here we go. Here's some actual punches now. Yeah, this is almost like messed up. Like I mean, again, I mean, he's these guys really are all strong young guys. They could definitely beat him up. So like, they chose, you know, they chose violence. They chose to win a fight. You know. Yeah, I mean, there was no instigation really. They just kind of looked at them drive by. Yeah, yeah, An instigation that started, you know, like 15 years ago. Because again, he said, from kindergarten. 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 And, then and I haven't the seen them since. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so will oh, you know, he's got photographic memory. He doesn't forget though. <laughs> He's just like, hey, yeah. man, you, 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 know, you pushed me on the playground that one day. Here's the retribution. Maybe that's part of it. Well, by no stretch of my imagination do I believe you've all come here to hear me lecture, or rather to ascertain the identity of the mystery math magician. So without further ado, come forward, silent road. These, I've never been to MIT. I don't never been around people this smart, but <laughs> what the fuck? This is the 90s, you know? There's no cell phones. They had nothing better to do than, like... <laughs> Come to a lecture hall. Yeah. They just need to see in real time well, sorry, who solved the proof. There was no Twitter. There was but no what, is that, what does that mean to, like, how do we make an equivalent where it's just like, oh, this guy solved the math equation. we got to find out who he is. Like, why? What, is it, what are the stakes here? Why does it matter? Mm. Maybe it's, I mean, I have no idea. You know, even if you told me, if you told me, like, oh, this guy wrote a really good screenplay. It just got bought by, you know, uh, 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 Disney. I still wouldn't be like I want to waste my time to just see him. Yeah, I gotta like I gotta go watch him. Yeah, do something. Like Jeff, we're recording a podcast right now. What if we just heard like on a tweet like, "Hey, you know, this filmmaker's gonna be here." Pause everything we're doing. Run down to the lecture hall just so we can see a glimpse of him. <laughs> Ridiculous. These math nerds. I don't know. I know. But again, yeah, here's, uh, we're really, really starting to take shape. We really start to get what's going on. This guy is not only wicked, you know, good at fighting, he's also wicked smart. He's wicked smart. He can draw those webs. Yeah, I don't know what this, I don't know what that is. <laughs> With dots. Yeah, lines and dots. Um, but he's I, figured I it out. I have such strong feelings about his assistant. What's your, what are your feelings? 
I, I can't tell if I hate him or if I feel so bad for him. I think he's I think he's fine. I remember definitely like thinking before he's like, man, this guy. But he has that one line later on, you know. He's definitely the most empathetic character I'd yeah. say out of everybody. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's almost like he chose to follow a false leader, you know. Right. Because he follows this guy, and this guy's kind of a. I don't want to say he's a fraud. He's definitely not a fraud, but compared to Will, he's you know, he's a nothing compared to Will. Right. So if you think this guy's ego's bruised, Looks right. right? This assistant. Exactly. But yeah, like, uh, uh, let's talk about this since I think we really need to do a deeper dive right now into to Will. Uh, and, and Robin Williams kind of uh, touches upon it too. He's, you know, this guy with his friends going to Harvard bars, picking up chicks. Why do you think he wanted to solve that math problem? Because he even says later on, like, this is nothing to me. I could do this in my sleep, right? So let's just say you're, um, uh, where do you work? What do you do? I think that's a great question. I do personal assistant stuff in addition to acting. Sure. But let's just say, yeah, uh, uh, we'll go with the personal assistant stuff. You know, you just happen to walk by uh, a hallway and you see right. <laughs> a, a whiteboard that says, what's five plus seven? Do you do it? Well... Five plus seven. We all know it's twelve, by the way. I just, wanna, <laughs> I just wanna make sure that everybody knows that I know five plus seven equals twelve. Definitely. Yeah, it's twelve. Yeah. Definitely. But like are you gonna take the time to you know, write it out? No. But if if I know that five plus seven gets that the answer to five plus seven will get the attention of everyone else. Yeah. And I'm looking for a way either to just escape my daily routine or to get some level of attention. Yeah. I think I might take advantage of it. So that. that's what that's what I want to get to. There is a I don't know, <clears throat> almost like a contradiction here cuz Will says one thing but he does another. Mhm. Mm so he wants the attention. He wants to be like, "Hey, I'm smart. Yep. Like I'm not a nobody," you know. But at yep. the same time when people do give him that attention, he does walk around saying, "Why are you bugging me? I'm a nobody." You know what I mean? Yep. I think I think it's the brilliant, like, screenplay character where it's, you know, what does he think he wants? Like, what does he want? But then what does he really want? Yeah. Like, so you think subconsciously he wants to more in life? Yeah, I think subconsciously. Mm -hmm. And he knows that he might be a lot better off. And, you know, he might be able to make a difference if he pursues this call. So here's this great iconic scene. Obviously, they're hitting on Minnie Driver, who, by the way, is really British. <laughs> uh, so she's not putting on an accent. That's her natural accent. But this fool. We all, what do you think about this guy? This guy's the worst. Yeah. Elementary. Ross rather elementary. I don't know why. Even if, like, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing here. Recess and lunch. Like he's obviously not wanted. It's not. It's not. If that was his girlfriend, that's one thing. I know. But she, they don't even like this guy. So I, this guy's just picking. He's looking for a fight. I'm and if so you, confused. Yeah, you see a guy like Chucky and 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 Will and Casey Affleck. You know those guys will like. If you come looking for a fight, they will give you a fight. Yeah, and they have the bruises. Way. They're all scraped <laughs> up. So I don't know why they did this. And can we just talk? I mean, that actor could be forty. Ooh, let's find out. 
first year grad student. You just got I, finished reading some of my I, I don't know if he's been in other stuff. I mean, this guy was uh, 32 okay. when this movie came out. Okay. Uh, and he's supposed to play a grad student, so I guess that could yeah. work. He's a little old, definitely a lot older. True. Probably a friend, if I'm guessing, you know? Yeah. Some other guy that they he Maybe went to school they, with. they might have kissed once or something. Uh, Matt Damon? No, 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 no. Like Clark and Minnie Driver or something. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Maybe after yeah. like one date. Yeah, but I'm saying that they probably casted him because oh. he's a friend. Oh, I get it. I get uh, it. Uh, that's what I meant. Because he's also... I, you know, I've never been to Harvard, never visited... If there are students that look like this guy, I get why they would want to punch him. He's got mm -hmm. a very punchable face, very punchable hairstyle. <laughs> yeah. But here he is. And by the way, um, one thing I do know about this movie, this is not like from research, it's just from knowing, is that um, they're talking a lot about like history, like American history, early American history. And Matt Damon actually um, grew up next to a... Uh, uh, a history historian Howard Zinn, who wrote this textbook. Oh, he grew up next to him. Yeah, he even um, he even yeah. cites his book later on. Yeah, yeah, he sees it in the office. Yeah. Or, or no, he just brings it up because he sees a different. He sees. Story. Yeah, it's like you know what you should yeah. read. This. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. My boy's wicked smart. Howard Zinn. Yeah. I had to read Howard Zinn, and then I started looking. It's like why are we, you know, why was I assigned this obscure textbook? And I did look into. It's like oh, this motherfucker's Matt Damon's yeah. neighbor growing up. Now I'm gonna That's read it. I didn't know that, but yeah. I. Because of the movie, I ended up, yeah. you know, Looking a few years ago finding the book at Counterpoint in Hollywood, and yeah. I read as much of it as I could. Yeah. Um, My boy's wicked smart. wicked smart. Howard Zinn's wicked smart. But I'm, be I'm guessing he probably, like, you know, hey, Mr. Zinn, can you help me write something that looks, that sounds really, sm you know, smart? Oh. Right? Yeah. Has to be. Because yeah, so this whole movie is about math, 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 and all of a sudden here's like a really Gordon like Wood. nuanced like take on yeah. uh, Southern colony, you know, economy. That is so interesting. Like writing this, that they decided let's have a, a moment where they discuss history and not math. Yeah, or like this guy isn't just you know smart there; he's smart in multiple disciplines. He's wicked smart. He's wicked smart. But he's also wicked dumb because he waited too long to talk to this girl. I'm well. Skylar. Oh, by the way, that guy over there. Meet cute of some kind. It is like a meet cute. Yeah, and then the meet cute wasn't really about her. It was definitely more like about shutting that dude up. Right. Um, but yeah, here is their meet cute. Uh, and again, uh, um, this is again like uh, uh, I think it would have made more sense if he met her first and then did the math assignment. You know, because then that way she's kind of like what. Oh, awakened and like, hey, that's like, really interesting. She's wicked smart. I'm wicked smart too, <laughs> but people don't know I'm wicked smart. Yeah, my T-shirt has holes in it. Let me show you know. <laughs> that could yeah. be strong okay. choice. Yeah, uh, it could have been just a different motivation, but at the same time, it's you can also argue right him him internally being motivated to to show off could also um, be good as well. Right. Those Barneys. What does that mean? Uh, I don't know, probably idiots. Uh. I love this you line. Like apples. Yeah. Well, I got a number. How do you like them apples? <laughs> five, five, five. One, two, nine, four. My boy is not the only one with photographing. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I, I would say that that's like our nice first act there. Hmm. Pretty short, pretty concise. Or maybe not even yet. No, yeah, maybe. 
Maybe when he actually goes to court. Um, but yeah, they sit up all night hanging out in Boston. And you get a good sense of like, this is what their everyday is like. Yeah. They work, they drink, they talk to chicks, they pick fights. I do like this too. There's like another theme about this I do enjoy is like the idea of classism. You know, yes. this guy is an elitist, you know, guy. And you can see in the way he talks to him, the way he talks to Ron Williams, the way he talks to, well, not to Will. He's trying to, to hmm. he thinks Will is worth, like, you're, you deserve to be my class. Interesting. And, but therefore, that, by saying that, he's saying your class is no good. Yeah, right. And I love this joke. Mm-hmm. That these guys make. This is Professor. <laughs> yeah. It's one of my favorites. This is Professor Lambeau. This is Professor Hayes. <laughs> this is important. Please. Well, he didn't show up for work today. Got this job through his PO. You can call him. PO? Yeah. Parole officer. Listen to classical music. These guys are classy dudes. Yeah. Asshole. <laughs> there is a lengthy legal and his name is Hayes. It says it on his name. So, yeah, I thought about this, too. You ever seen that uh, TV show Suits? Just a little. Okay, well, the premise is there's a guy with uh, photographic memory who wants to be a lawyer. And because of that, he memorizes every law. So he's, it's really helpful to be a, have a photographic memory. And that's kind of what this guy has. Like, he memorizes all these different laws. He probably could have been, like, he could have been, he could have done anything. Could have been a doctor, could have been a lawyer, could have been a mathematician, you know. He's quoting the Constitution. Son. My turn. I've been sitting here for 10 minutes now looking over this rap sheet of yours. I just can't believe it. June 93, assault. September 93, assault. Grand theft, auto, February 94. Where apparently you defended yourself and had the case... This guy's kind of a jerk, this judge. Can listen to this next line. From 1798, joke. January 95, Wait, not yet. One more. Mayhem, theft. The long rap sheet. All right, right here. I'm also aware that you've been through several foster homes. The state removed you from three because of serious physical abuse. Hmm. You know, another judge might care, but you hit a cop, you're going in. There it is. What a jerk. Yeah. He basically says, like, oh, I know that you are a, uh, a victim of the system. Yeah. I know that you've been going through, um, you know, foster home to foster home. You've also been uh, neglected and abused, but I don't care. Right. <laughs> You're not worth rehabilitating or saving. I'm going to throw you in jail. So I never would have noticed this, but I think that's a Matisse painting, mm-hmm. a print on her wall, and that's in my hometown at the St. Louis Art Museum. That act, the, actual the actual painting, painting is yeah. in St. Louis. Shout out to the St. Louis Art Museum, everybody. S-L-A-M, Slam? Is that what you guys call it? Slam? Yeah, exactly. Great Slam. name. And then he actually knows us. I was wondering maybe we could get together sometime this week. 
kind of a baller move too. He uses his one phone call to call a girl. Yeah, that's correct. But um, well, actually, this is a this is just a shot in the dark. But uh, that's not all he's asking. There's no chance that you're uh, pre-law, is there? So yeah, you're right. It is very funny. Played very straight though. It's like there's your joke, mm-hmm. and we could have played the whole thing, but then they kind of like it is a funny premise again to to call a date up uh, uh, from prison or yeah. from jail. But yeah, but but I guess underneath it, it's it's a little sad because it's like who else would he call? I mean, he I think he could call one of his boys, but well, I mean, none of them have fifty thousand k yeah, to yeah. bail him out. So what's he gonna do? True, and maybe. Never wants to ask for help from them. I don't know. He could appeal. I don't know. Yeah, you know, come to think of it, two those. this movie could have been very, uh, given over very quickly if this guy didn't stroll, come back, right? It would have just been, he's in jail for the rest of his life, which is a really sad, tragic thing that they you know, and young, brilliant guy gets thrown in jail, and that's it. That's the end of his, his uh, story. Is he kind of just, oops, is he kind of just the only one who got caught from that thing? He's the only one that hit a cop. Remember? Oh, he hit him during that scene? Yeah, like, while the cops were, like, breaking up the fight, all the other guys were like, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. And then Will was just like, hey, fuck you, pig, ACAB, and he knees him. I didn't catch that. To be with any of those conditions, you will have to serve time. All right, I'll do the math, but I'm not going to meet with any fucking therapist. What do you mean about the attitude towards therapy? Okay, actually, really quick, I want to ask you this before we jump into that. Do you think ultimately this is a movie about like classism? Is about toxic masculinity? Do you think it's about uh, uh, nature versus nurture? Like, what do you think they're trying to say about Will and 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 how he? My know? my feeling is that because ultimately that's the statement they're making about therapy. If you want to say it's toxic masculinity, then in the you know. Toxic male does not want to seek therapy and seek a way to address his feelings. Mm-hmm. If you think it's about classism, then it's saying that, you know, it's a luxury that not a lot of people have. If, if it's about uh, uh, nature versus nurture, then, I mean, you know, if you grow up in an environment where you don't talk about your feelings, you're never going to feel comfortable doing so, mm. you know? I have so many mixed feelings about this, but... He's my jealous, salty, salty... <laughs> My instinct is look that... At him. Look at my boy. But my boy okay, reads wicked fast. Turning a page every every three seconds. Yeah. Um, That's what I'm saying. And he read the therapist read book. book. Mm-hmm. Okay, but I really think that it's that mostly a movie about toxic masculinity. But then would that mean that Chucky and uh, Casey Affleck and Cole Hauser, they're toxic? I, not, not necessarily. I think it's actually... The environment that they're growing up in. Well, I think that they talk about this a little bit, uh, Robin Williams and and Skarsgård, like um, when it comes to, you know, are these friends, are they family of his? Like, who are these guys to him? And um, I don't think it's necessarily those friends that are toxic in any way to him. But I think that the more that I think about it and the more that I've heard complaints about this movie, I think that it wants to be about classism. Mm-hmm. But maybe in wanting to, it's it's not actually being, um, you know, it's not, since it's not being subtle, it's it's kind of trying to hit you over the head with some mm. some lessons that might not necessarily 
hit as hard. And I don't know. I think also it's tough because everyone just says, oh, well, Matt Damon, you know, he went to Harvard. and He's wicked smart. These guys, yeah. They weren't necessarily, like, poor. Oh, God. so what does he know about that experience? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. that's what I've heard. So I was just saying, the world he comes from is toxic masculinity. The world he comes from is not lower class. So therefore, even though he tries to make it about classism, he ends up defaulting to toxic masculinity. Yeah, I, I think I can see that. That's definitely a really great reading of it. It is a complex yeah. script, I think. And yeah. Like, By the way, really quick, this too. Again, Kind of a rom com y yeah. moment, kind of like more like, you know, huck, yuck, yuck. You know, he's going to a therapist and he's basically uh, 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 um, talking to him. It's like, hey, by the way, you know, you're, you're closeted homosexual. Yeah. <laughs> and again, it could be really funny, but then they kind of just like, oh, what? And then they kind of end it abruptly. Right. Same thing with this right here. Here he is um, reciting song lyrics to this guy, you know? And these could be funnier moments, but oh, right. uh, uh, again, they they barely dance upon that. They scratch the surface. Uh, not only that, like he pretends that he's really getting into the meditation or the, yeah. the hypnosis. Yeah, these are kind of like bits. Yeah, they're bits. Yeah, they're like there's some, like there's uh, it's like three a rule of threes. So it's like uh-huh. first it's the first therapist, this therapist, and then there's one more after this. I believe we're pitching these. Yeah, these he's heightening. <laughs> yeah, heightening. I mean, I really think you know. Maybe it's too broad, but even more than toxic masculinity, I, I think it becomes a movie about therapy. Oh no, absolutely! I mean, that's the that's the cure. It's just what the what the root of it is. is yeah. Like, what is the therapy for? You know. Yes. And it, ultimately, it's about his uh, sense of abandonment and his uh, sense of like not being enough. Mm-hmm. But again, what is that a commentary on? It's kind of just what I pose. Yeah, I, I totally get that. Yeah. What does that mean? <laughs> I think if somebody does that, well, I guess here's the thing: you can't you can't provide therapy for someone that doesn't want therapy. So maybe that's part of it. But I think it's very clear, right, to both those psychologists or both those therapists that Will needs you know if he's this resistant to it, then he needs therapy. He really needs it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's so defensive. These are all defense mechanisms. And for these you know professionals to be like. I can't do this. Like, this is a joke, or I, I don't have time for this. It's like, what? Hmm. What are you gonna do? You gonna, you know, appear on Oprah? You gonna write a book? That's like, almost so so blatantly like bad, right? Like, if, could you imagine if you had a therapist that was just like, oh, I don't have time for this, you know? Like, yeah. what? Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, but here it is, and Except I think this is kind of late for an introduction. We're about thirty three minutes in, but right, this guy, right, arguably makes the film. Definitely. Should have called it uh, Good Robin Williams. <laughs> What's this dude's name? His character? I wanted to name my cat after him. Uh, good Sean McGuire. You want to name your cat Sean McGuire? No. Oh, Robin. Rob, but I named him Cat Damon. Cat Damon is a good choice, too. Wow, this movie is really shaping your whole, <laughs> your whole life. Those glasses because of Robin Williams' glasses? You know... Maybe on some subconscious level. Some subconscious level, you're like, that's why I, looks smart. That's why I need glasses, is yeah. because I saw this movie. Nail them while they're vulnerable. That's my motto. Oh, good. Everyone's back. Welcome back. And this is, this is Skarsgård's last resort. Which is weird. Because to me, after watching the movie and came to him, 
Should be his first resort, Definitely. No? And, and look, he's so much more important than him. He can just walk in and interrupt his class. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To get uh, yeah, again, he very, he very yeah. uh, much looks down upon him. He doesn't even need to find out when's his yeah. lunch. But they're old roommates, and he knows he's a good psychologist, so True. why would he turn to him last? True. Also, I mean, this guy's a math guy. Why does he know three different psychologists? Yeah. You know what I mean? He's not, because not adjacent. Like, you're an actor. Do you know three different psychologists? Well, my personal assistant job was actually for a psychiatrist. Okay, then I take it back. <laughs> but there you go. How about that? Like, you know, like, even if you're in the know, it's tough to have three yep, referrals. Definitely. Why didn't you come to the reunion? I've been busy. I wish they dove into their relationship a bit more. Because we know that they're, they probably don't get along, but I want to know why. My theory, this is just my theory. Fields medal. <laughs> the fields medal. Yeah. That damn fields medal. That damn, yeah. yeah. My theory is that, remember how he tells a story about like, uh, they didn't go to the, the, the Boston game because they go see yep. about a girl. My theory, and this could be wrong, it probably is wrong, is that that dude went to the, the baseball game and he gave, he gave him a hard time. He was just like, I can't believe you missed the game over a girl, you know? Hmm. And then he was just like, you're going to talk shit about my the future wife. Oh, you, know? you think that really hurt him? Wow. Well, I think that was probably the riff where it's just like, you know, because I think that happens with a lot of friends. When someone gets into a relationship, yeah. they stop doing things with you, right? So it's just like, at, they were friends. They went to go see the, uh, you know, baseball games together, Red Sox games together. And then when one of them ended up That's getting in a relationship, it was just, okay, well, I'm going to get my Fields medal. You go get married. Yeah. It, it's tough to imagine this because Sean does seem like he's such a secure friend and partner. Sean? Yeah, um, Robin Williams' character. Maybe not, because uh, I think they do say later on, like after he lost his wife, he kind of just shut down. So I yeah. think I, I think he had a uh, um, like an unhealthy relate uh, uh, obsession with his uh, obsession. That's a strong word. He loved her. That's a, that was yes. definitely the wrong word. But you know, what I mean? like, he was too devoted that he's trying to stop existing for himself, and that's kind of what Will calls him out on. It's like you never went back to dating. You never, you know, you didn't pursue your career anymore. Like you kind of mm. just gave up on your life after. And, you know, who am I to say? That's a tough thing to grieve. But, yeah. you know, if he, if, he, oh, if he had friends, he might have, like, leaned on them too hard. He might have, like, you know, pushed them away at that oh, point as well. interesting. Yeah. So that could have been it, too. Maybe this guy is just like, hey, man, I'm sorry to hear about your wife. Do you want to see a Red Sox game? He's like, get the fuck out of here. Yep, yep. I don't want to hear it. And he went for the bottle. Yeah, go get your fucking Fields medal, Gerard. I don't want to hear it. Why are you from the same neighborhood? He's from Southie. Genius from Southie. How many shrinks you go to before me? Five. I mean, yes. Barry. Yeah. Henry. Yeah. Not Rick. Sean, please. Mm -hmm. Just meet with me. They all know each other. Yes. Yeah. It's a poker game. And again, yeah, I, I, I think you buy me dinner, you buy me a nice glass of wine, I'll do whatever you want. I'll do with a favor, right? I'll, I'll meet with this kid. Yeah. Wonder if he wine and dine all the other psychiatrists too, or uh, psychologists. I don't know if they're psychiatrists or psychologists. They never say. Oh, yeah. You know what? I think he's my boy's wicked smart. He's a psychiatrist. I think. Really? He's smart, isn't he? Well, definitely. But you paint know, by numbers. He's he, smart guy. Yeah, I think he came from a more humble background. And he went to Harvard, didn't he? Robin Williams' character. Yeah. How are you? Am I putting stuff in there that's I don't not think there? So. Because I thought he knew Gerald from, from, from Harvard. I don't know. Was it Harvard? I mean, it might be. 
But unless that was his grad school, I don't know. That was that was what I always assumed. That I was like, oh yeah, Robin Williams, he's a Harvard trained psychiatrist. Yeah, but you know he's teaching at a community college. There's nothing, but he even says like there's nothing you know. No, absolutely about that. not. I mean, and I think part of it was by choice, but you know, then later he says like to Will, oh, you think your dad laid bricks because, you know, you think he took that job for the honor? Yeah. I think he, I think he finds honor in teaching. I agree. I definitely agree. Yeah. Here it is. Here's that line. But why? But why isn't he teaching at Harvard? I mean, I don't know. That's he hates he's, the classes. He's brilliant. Mm. Mm-hmm. He likes uh, these. I don't even know what school this is. Boston University. Right here to his folks. Plug in his neighbor's book. Read Howard Zinn's People's History of the United States. That book will fucking knock you on your ass. Better than Chomsky's Manufacturing Consent. You think that's a good book? Fucking people battle me. Spend all your money on these fucking fancy books. You surround yourselves with them. They're the wrong fucking books. What are the right fucking books, Will? <laughs> hey, whatever blows your hair back. So here is kind of like this is this is really interesting. This is if you want to look about like talk about like their meet cute, it's a verbal sparring. They're yeah. both kind of sizing each other up, kind of criticizing one another. It's such a disarming. I love this part too. <laughs> and I think he improvised that cigarette yeah. line. I like how this shuts him up. And he's like, "Oh shit, that's more than me." <laughs> you, you paint that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, did you do you paint that? Yeah. Like when he hears like you can beat my ass, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, I've been thinking a lot about. The, I mean, I I always think a lot about this scene, but the more that I think about it, I'm like, damn, you know, he can bench two eighty five. I believe it too. Robin yeah. Williams, thick dude, all that yeah. hair, all that uh, testosterone. He wasn't very tall. What was he like? Five six, five five. Oh, I don't know. I'm look it up really quick. But the good dude was thick. Five seven. Okay, he's my height. All right, I got some more uh, pounds to put up then if I want to reach Robin Williams' numbers. Really? Oh yeah. Think I should move to the south of France, change my name to Vincent. You ever heard the saying "any port in the storm"? Yeah. Yeah, maybe that means you. In what way? Yeah, maybe you're in the middle of a storm, a big fucking storm. Yeah. The sky's falling on your head. The waves are crashing over your little boat. And he's kind of taking everything in stride. He's like talking about his painting, talking about his books, talking about his education. He's like, eh, whatever, whatever, whatever. But then, uh, we all know what's coming up, folks. He he finds the button to push. Maybe you married the wrong woman. He looks right from from being chill to watch it right there, chief. Scary. Good acting. He looks as hard as he can for that sensitive area well, that's it isn't it what's your sensitive area what's the one thing someone can say to you you don't have to say it. i mean obviously this is <laughs> that's a very uh, uh deep probing question but like what do you think's the one thing that would make you fucking choke a dude out ever disrespect my wife again i will end you i will fucking end you got the chief it, it would be hard not to you know if somebody somebody had a genuine insult yeah. For my family or my cat. Oh, cat demon? Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. I don't love anything that much that I would 
probably mm-hmm. and that, that's what I'm looking for, ladies. If in case anybody's <laughs> listening, I'm looking for that special someone that will make me want to choke someone out. Yeah, they if, they, you. If, if they just said one word about you, yeah, just say one more wrong thing, chief, and it's, yep. I'll fucking end you. Ladies, isn't that what all we're looking for at the end of the day? That's what we're all looking for. I mean, uh, someone this, worth choking someone. This therapist for. just just choked his patient. Is that against the rules? You work with psychologists. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. HIPAA. Duh, I don't know. We, I mean, probably. maybe just the law. <laughs> the law. Yeah. But we'll we'll come back. And he accepts the challenge because again, he knows that that young man needs it. Mm. Not like those other psycho- uh, psychologists that were like, oh, well, I don't have time for this. Yeah, and this shot of the painting, I guess, you know, Will was right in some ways. But it's a paint by numbers. Paint by number. So he bought, I mean, well, he bought it. <laughs> He's like, I want to paint that. He I, saw the painting at first. He's yeah. Like, That's me, this young sailor. I'll buy it and I'll paint it. That's that, right, right. I mean, and, and do we believe him? Was yeah. it? Oh, call, is it paint by number? You're right. Maybe he's just deflecting. Maybe he really painted that. He's just Maybe. like, this is me. I mean, he's, the waves. I don't know. I don't know if he's... Unreliable narrator. I don't know all the things. Yeah, you know, or sometimes he's just trying to be funny. Sometimes... Mm-hmm. I don't think this guy tries to be funny. Sean. I will say that about um, Sean McGuire and Robin Williams' performance in this, you uh-huh. know? Very, I would argue that Will uh, Hunting is more funny than this character. Mm. This guy... Scary. Even this scene here, you know, just really? I never fucking thought of it as having scary. a deep, dark thing, just sipping on that whiskey. Yeah. Dark scene. <laughs> and again, here's another really fun, like, date. Mm-hmm. Could have been played up. Could have been really fun. Could have been really lighthearted. But uh, they use it for exposition. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Private school. And Harvard. I mean, med school. You know, I figured that at the end. My brain's gonna be worth two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. That sounded horrible. Get right into talking about money. Yeah. Bring me another of my time. No, that's cool. I mean, I bet your parents were happy to pay. No, I was happy to pay. I inherited the money. Wow. What is uh, is Harvard getting all that money? No, Stanford. I'm going there in June when I graduate. Mm. All right. So, so they just wanted to to use this sailor and then uh, run away, huh? There's the rub. Yeah, they're kind of just setting up the stakes that like she's leaving. But then I also did some math. If he's 20 and she's graduating, she's like 21, 22. So she's probably older than him. So True. Will's got a thing for older women, more mature women. Yeah. I think he's very mature in some ways. In some ways, yeah. Well, I think he can be. How about that? He chooses mm. to be... Um, I guess unstable. Because he fits in with her, and he fits in with like the doctor. You know, he fits in well where he needs to. I think he's he's built like that um, thick skin to be able to like uh, adapt. Maybe I'll make a, a bit of a controversial statement and say I think that this could be one of the only rom coms along with Five Hundred Days of Summer. That really deals with attachment in relationships. Interesting. I wouldn't say the only, but <laughs> I would say, yeah, two s- strong ones. But how would you say this one uh, deals with it, it, This one doesn't even deal with it so explicitly, well, I don't think. But, you know, aside from, end, you know, ending with the whole, like, what? You know, Will has an attachment disorder? Is it all that stuff? It's also... Um, oh, he has... Uh, you, you're saying in terms of his attachment disorder, he doesn't like to get attached. He's uh, avoidant. 
Well, I I think he. Yeah, I think he sort of is on that end of the Avoidant spectrum. insecure, I think it is. Yep, avoidant, secure, and anxious. I, I think he's more on the avoidant end right now, mm-hmm. but I don't necessarily actually think that... He does push Skylar away later on. Well, I mean, yep. it was kind of a confrontation, you know? I don't think he was ready for that, but he does mm-hmm. like push her away. But With I the truth, but still pushes her away. It's interesting because in most rom-coms, at least in the first and second act... <laughs> The women are the avoidance. Yeah, and I think that does vary. And I think it just really depends, too. Like, they end up resolving... Because, like, you're right. Like, a, a lot of um, rom-coms uh, begin with uh, some attachment issues, but then the idea is that they overcome it or that they, you know, mm-hmm. reconcile it in the B-plot or in whatever else it is, right? Because it's never just a rom-com. It's like a rom-com, but I work at a bakery. It's a rom-com, but I'm a wedding planner. It's a rom-com, but I'm a you know a lawyer. Okay. And then in like dealing with that other thing, they help you know wow. resolve this thing. Yeah. So then does it become like, well, I'm not really avoidant anymore. I'm not really... Well, that's what I was saying with this. Like, uh, um, Obviously, once he proves that he's smart and that he gets the job and everything... That's when he's like, I'm ready to let go of my old life and I'm ready to embrace a new life. Also, Sean, you know, my mentor, is now, you know, we're severing this uh, relationship but in a healthy way because he, but doesn't he go write a book or something? Well, I think... And he doesn't feel abandoned anymore. He's like, this is a healthy way to part ways and that's when he realizes, you know what? It's not so bad. Yeah, he's yeah he is gonna go travel. You're right. Yeah, right. so he's yeah. saying it's like you know, and like normally, right? He'd be upset. He'd be you know uh, uh, triggered right. by that. But instead, he's just like, I wish you the best. And he's like, Hey, it's not so it's not so bad when people go away or you know mm. to take a risk or to try something new. I'm gonna go see about a girl. Right. You and, know. And he just leaves him a number. Yeah. A tough kid. Asshole stole my line or <laughs> whatever. It yeah. Is. I like this. Uh, uh, this is again probably one of those iconic scenes, you yeah, know. This just and one that I would say is just so good that nobody dares recreate it or parody it. Or like this is one that they never really joke about. This is just really, the one yeah. Like, I, I agree. There are a few jokes about the. It's not your fault. Yeah, lots there of jokes about jokes. that. <laughs> but I would also say. Uh, uh, what is that called? Uh, is it like, it's not immersion therapy, is it? Or when you kind of flood them with that one thing? Exposure. Exposure therapy, kind of, yeah. Like, I think that that is also like, in a movie it works well because it's like, we got 10 seconds or half their seconds, you know? Like in real life, you would never flood someone with that. No. It can be overwhelming and that's why he does end up breaking down. It is his breakthrough, but it's also like, I think that's pretty... I agree. I agree. Terms visiting hours don't apply to you. You don't know about real loss, because that only occurs when you love something more than you love yourself. I'd like for cool. a therapist to take me to the park. Yeah, this is actually. Uh, well, how about this? It's definitely more cinematic. Mm-hmm. Realistically, this is in his office, right? Mm-hmm. Or maybe like just outside his office. True. True. Very true. Yeah. 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 I went to the park there and found the bench. You went to this park. Mm-hmm. Where is it? In? Boston, Boston Square. No, it's like Boston Square Park or something. Sure. How far away is it from the next closest building? Is it like deep in the middle of the park? I don't 
I don't remember. I, I guess the question I'm asking is, how long did they have to walk to get to this bench? Um, it definitely was like at least a couple minutes. Yeah. So they had to walk 15 minutes to get to this park. Yeah. <laughs> we can talk now. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. What did they do on the walk over? Yeah. 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 Asking about the weather and stuff. Okay. Now that we're at this bench. I thought about what you said about my painting the other day. Kept yeah. me up all night. It's like, what? Yeah, exactly. You know, talked about that on the walk here. I don't give a shit about but all he makes, that. Uh, I can't learn anything from you know, he I makes like a homophobic joke. You know why I think this is some good acting right here? Because Robin Williams, by the way, I think this is a super great monologue. And he's delivering it with so much gravitas and so much power. Mm-hmm. But Matt Damon has to act like he's never heard this before, I mean, <laughs> yep. even though he wrote it. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, That's some really good acting where he has to be like, that's re- that's right. You're smart. I didn't oh, yeah. think about that, Robin Williams. Even right. though, no, I I, 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 I totally, <laughs> I think it's really to be affected by your own words. Is, is right. Tough. I mean, it's, it's a different a, layer. It's a weird thing. Because I definitely believe that. Do you believe that acting is all in the reacting? I do. I do. And my boy Matt Damon just reacted to himself. Yeah, I mean, he he's he playing re- 3D chess with himself, man. <laughs> yeah, totally. He he, and he's willing to look. I mean, he's not willing to look stupid as a character, but mm-hmm. he's, he's willing to look clueless, at least. That's what they said. I remember that they, they said that, like, when they wrote this uh, movie, they were like, we really want to get a big name actor, so we got to write a bunch of juicy monologues, you know? Mm. So it's like, yeah, like, you get one, and I get uh-huh. one, but, like, this Sean McGuire guy, if we want a big star, we got to, you know, write him a bunch of these great scenes. Hmm. It worked out. Definitely. Definitely. This seems like a cool job. You ever had a physical labor type job before? Yeah, I have actually. I, I have. I worked at the public works department in my city growing up. St. Louis? Yep. Uh, in the city of Clayton. Okay. It's in St. Louis, kind of like West Hollywood. Yeah. And... It was, it was <laughs> fucking tough. ding dong dash or whatever it's called. Uh, sorry, <laughs> keep going. No, it was tough. I didn't do it for very long. What'd you do? I mean, what, what was the, the job? I kind of rotated around, but my main thing was actually driving the water truck. I watered plants around the city. Oh, cool. And it was definitely tough. Was it like a water button? Like a hose button? Or did yeah. they stop and get out and hose it? No, no, I we stopped and got out. But oh, that is tough. Man. It was, yeah. And it I was, thought you were just like you press the hose button and you just kind of drive. No, away. that would be interesting. Spraying. But no, we watered like little, you know, planters yeah. and things, and um, yeah, it got. I mean, I I, I drove Ford F two fifties for the first time. I mean, oh, I've nice. never driven a pickup truck and yeah, learned how to back up the trailer. You have to turn in the opposite direction yeah. that you actually want it to go. And uh, somehow I, I managed it. Yeah, I uh, I worked a, a a physical job in college. Mm. It was for the um, I forgot what the name of the department is, but basically it dealt with all the equipment. So basically, anytime the university bought equipment or needed to get rid of equipment, they called us and we kind of delivered oh. their new. Like so, even like thinking about like labs, right? They need a centrifuge or a, an oven or whatever, right? We would pick up their old ones and deliver their new ones. You know? okay. So it was just a lot of lifting. Uh, but it was great because I got to work a forklift. And then once oh. something is done, you know, 
you can't just trash it. Like, cause a lot of times they're broken, right? Hmm. So like a lot of it was just like, you know, how they were just throwing bricks <laughs> off the side of the yeah. building. A lot of it was just throwing, um, uh, 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 old equipment into, um, containers, you know? Interesting. Yeah. You get a good workout, boy. Just yeah. Things up and just, uh, I do love that over. part of it. Yeah. I miss that part of it. Here's that part we we're talking about here. Hmm. This kid's got like, empathy and he's going to like, Make this guy's ego feel a little bit better. Sometimes people get lucky. Hmm. You're a brilliant man. You're a brilliant man. But it kind of also just speaks to like the fragile nature of these mathematicians. Yeah. They're used to being the smartest, and when they're not the smartest, how it really fucks with them all. Definitely. You know, fucks with that guy. It ends up fucking with uh, Gerald later. Mm-hmm. Which is weird. You would think that they'd be excited, but they're like. What? That guy knows math better than me? Yeah, it wasn't me. Mm-hmm. I I want to maybe revise my earlier statement or just add... That oh, we don't do take-backs on this <laughs> podcast, so what you say is uh, set in stone. What you are know, you going to say? Maybe, is it just a movie about ego? You know, I was on this plane once... You know, uh, uh, you mentioned that earlier, and again, uh, I think that that is a, a symptom... Of something bigger, okay. right? I think it is a symptom. If it is about classism, ego is definitely a huge symptom of classism. It's definitely a, a symptom of toxic masculinity. Uh, but maybe since it is more universal, you could say that. But again, I would argue, I don't think that, like, I don't think that the solution, I don't think Robin Williams is basically getting uh, Matt Damon to get over his ego. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, uh, some people are. Gerald obviously is trying to get over his ego. That's his major thing. I have been late. Robin Williams kind of getting over his ego because I think he also feels that like you know my wife was the best wife ever and my life has no point after that. So yeah. Hey, kind of get over that as well. Like definitely. She was an important part of your life, but like you were also going out again. Like a dude with the, your own life. Right. But yeah, other than that, I don't know. Right. I mean, in in a way, it's it's very strange to me. me. I know. You know, it's something I still try to wrap my head around. But in a way, like depression and um, oh, okay, and grieving, like at some point, it's an ego killer. Well, possibly, but I was I was actually gonna say, in some ways, it can sort of be narcissistic at times. Whoa, that is as controversial as that is. You think that depression is a yeah, because of course, you know, he's grieving his wife still, wife and there's little you can do to control this. That. Is improvised, right? <laughs> I don't know if this was improvised. <laughs> I don't think it is. <laughs> this is the only time Robin Williams is like funny in this movie, <laughs> and it works great. It's gotta be. It's like a total Robin Williams. The, the laughs are just so real. Yeah. <laughs> but what was I saying? Um, oh, he's still grieving her, and obviously, like, you know, that very much I think feels or is just a scene in in our society as like being for them, you know. But I think like. The more that I've learned about it, it's like, well, is it for them? Like, it's it's kind of for us, and um, I think it's What's great and them? important and healthy. Grieving, you know, mourning. Oh, grieving. And oh, you're so saying that, like, 
I think I have heard that before. That so grieving is kind of like a selfish act. Is that what you're trying to say? I think that at least at a certain point, you could start to see it that way. I've heard that before. Not to say that it's like a selfish thing to do, but it no. definitely is. It's part of your process, and it's 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 self-soothing if you want to put it that way, or it is. I think like it's a very tough process to to control. I mean, I think. It's very hard to try to control your emotions in any way, but oh, hundred percent. And then my kids, if you know, just to speak from a personal note, you know, the times that I've grieved, and you know, sometimes it's for the loss of a family member, loss of a loved one, for a breakup. I think I, I think most people would agree with this. You end up kind of partaking in a lot of self-destructive tendencies. You end up straining a lot of your personal relationships, and you end up pushing a lot of people away because you are. Uh, unable or unequipped, or I was at least unable or unequipped to deal with my emotions at the time. Mm. Right. So in that way, I can say it is, it is, you know, it, it's, it's, you know, me trying to work out my own emotions. It's definitely not helping anybody. In fact, I would admit that it did take away, you know, right, but that's but when you offer someone support, like it is going to take a lot from you to give someone support. It's a big ask. Yeah. And I think it's so interesting because, I mean, you know, correct me if, if I'm wrong, but like, in so many ways, it feels that you're doing it out of respect or to honor the person that you lost. Right, but they're not there but to not see there. it, yeah. to feel it, so it really is just for you. <laughs> yeah, that's the tough thing about love. I think it's very irrational. Yeah. It's the source of a lot of... And what's that line from WandaVision? Like, what, what is, is... Uh, grief but a love persevering? Yeah. Yeah. So it comes from a good place, but mm. ultimately, yeah, I, I'll be the first one to admit that uh, 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 grief and love will cause you to do a lot of bad things, oh, unhealthy things, toxic mm. things. I'm sorry, I've been. This is a, a wild move here, and I think again, like we're we're kind of so uh, 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 locked into the will journey, we kind of lose track of this romance, and again, that's the part of it where I'm like, man, like they really could have propped this up a bit more, but they don't really. She also forgives him like right away. It's very charming. It's really cute how he's like, you have OCHEM homework? I can do it for you. <laughs> you know, it's kind of cute. Uh, but she kind of forgives him like, they met, great date, never called you back, or rather called you and hung up on you. Right. You know, and they don't really explain why, and like uh, maybe it is a lot of subtext. We like I think you had a good point there, where it's like it's his attachment uh, insecurity, but they don't address it. They don't say it out loud. And maybe if you're like you know uh, 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 educated enough to like you know label that, you know what's going on. But for me, I especially as that 14 year old kid that saw this for the first time, I got lost. I was like, hmm. oh yeah, who's she again? Like, is she a big part of this movie or not? <laughs> yeah, that British chick. And then homeboy just does her homework. What are you doing here? I'm gonna wait till tomorrow. Where the fuck did you get this? I had to sleep with someone in the class. Oh, I hope it was someone with the open toes and is not really bad breath. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, let's go have some fun. No, I I've got to learn this. You uh good so get you ever get good grades? Yeah. Huh? Did you ever let people copy your homework? Not really. Okay. Not that I remember. I I did. I use it as social currency, kind of like really? what Will does here. And uh, I don't know how he feels about it. I regret it later in life. Yeah. 
Especially I, now, seeing how dumb people are. <laughs> I'm I mean, like, oh, so, I really did them a big disservice. It is hard to... I mean, I, I, I probably did at some point. Yeah. I mean, it's so hard to say no to something like that. It, because it's like... But did you ever... You lose anything yeah. by but letting someone do that. Were you ever like, uh, oh, hey, like, you know, let's play some games. Let's play some video games. Like, I can't do homework. And you just send it to them. It's like, no, we can play video games. No. Yeah. No, I didn't. Because That's what I did. I pulled a lot of wills. Really? Wow. And now I'm look, looking back. Obviously, if they ask for it, like, it's also hard to say no, but mm. I would instigate it. That's interesting. I'd be like, I'll just send it to you. Yeah. And wow. now looking back, I feel really bad about huh. that. I mean, you know, not, not that it's my job to defend your past decisions. But um, I do feel that um, homework is pretty stupid anyway. Homework is very stupid, but I'm not, I'm not an educator, right? I don't, I don't know about uh, uh, education theory. I'm sure that there's some value in it, which is why they assign it. But I will also say that whatever benefit there was from teaching or from doing homework, me letting them copy robbed them of it. I'm very much a will hunting, like read on or at least will hunting at the beginning of the movie like i want to read on my own you know i want to study all the great things that are already out there but you don't need a certificate or a diploma not necessarily yeah i don't know if i want to sit around and talk about these books you know with a bunch of other college students you just want to keep it in high schoolers yeah dollar fifty and late fees at the and late charges at the public library oh yeah well i'm gonna be what do you say i'll have these i'll be Whatever, and then I you're picking up fries at the... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll says. be serving my All kids right. fries at the drive-thru. Yeah. What a weird burn, because he basically admits, like, yeah, you're smarter than me. <laughs> yeah. Which is all he would have, oh, money. He has money, and he has uh, his intelligence, and the fact that that guy just, you know, whomped you on the intelligence. <laughs> true, that's, that's so true. So when did you know? Okay. After this story, we're going to take our break. Hmm. We're kind of at that halfway point anyways. But uh, I think that this is a pivotal moment because, you know, one of the things I think is really interesting about this movie is not only is Sean serving as his, his therapist, but I do believe that Will is also serving as Sean's therapist. Hmm. I don't know. Like, think about it this way. When was the last time Sean told anybody this story? I don't know. You know, you kind of get the sense that he's not necessarily seeing patients. So, yeah, and you also get the sense that he doesn't talk about his wife very often. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like, he probably used to tell the story all the time, you know, with his wife. And he probably hasn't told it in a long time. But Will obviously, you know, sees a kindred spirit and also from the same town. So it allows him to t- like, tell the story about the farts, tell the story about the, 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 the baseball game and seeing uh, the girl, right? I mean, this is, this is another just brilliant performance, I think, from Robin Williams. And I was so surprised to hear when I finally read his, the biography by Dave Itzkoff that came out a couple years ago, that I think by the time this one came out, critics were like, please, just stop showing us these Robin Williams characters who are, you know, trying to fix some something that's broken and kind-hearted. What other characters do you think are like him? Well, 
Dead Poets Society was before this, right? Oh, maybe. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I mean, and that one I I didn't see till after, but... So you're saying specifically Ron Williams. Oh, yeah. I thought you meant characters like him. I thought you meant like a white savior complex. No, 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 like, but Robin Williams playing, yes, those those kinds of characters. Uh, This movie came out in 97, and Dead Poets Society came out in, oh, wow, 89. Well, yeah. So much, much earlier. And... Uh, but I mean that one I think at least I think did really well but I think there were a lot of other ones that weren't nearly as successful with Robin Williams yeah but you're right he does have this kind of role nailed down to a T yep yep and then maybe and so this was the script alright get ready to pause it after this scene and it would be nice to catch that game though you know Pudge's gonna hit a home run alright ready and pause it right there all right, not the cleanest pauses, but uh, I'm at an hour, six minutes, and uh, uh, 17 seconds. So go ahead and get that pause right there. You're going to see the freckles of uh, Matt Damon's back. We're going to take our break, and we get back. We're going to recap the movie, and then uh, we're going to carry on with the second half. See you on a bit. All right, everybody, welcome back from the break. Hope you got... Uh, all the fluids that you need to do. Hope you all got rid of all the fluids that you need to get rid of. Uh, and welcome back. Uh, so before we begin, uh, we're going to continue on this tradition. We're going to have our uh, guest, uh, Jeff. Yo, you okay, man? Yeah, the headphones are just coming apart. Your headphones are falling apart, my dude. Um, I make my, my talents, uh, my guests, bring their own headphones. So uh, maybe I should fix that. Maybe I should get a pair of uh, guest headphones. Maybe. Uh, all right, anyways, uh, Jeff, why don't you go ahead and recap the first half of Good Will Hunting for us? Of course. So, basically, in the first half, we met Will and his group of close friends. And we see them get in this fight, and Will goes to jail. And then he's released under the condition that he's going to work with this professor and he's going to go to therapy once a week and he's resistant but finds this therapist that he's just starting to get comfortable with and open up to and meanwhile he's met this woman and um, they're in the initial stages of a relationship but we know that you know sometime in a few months, she's moving to go to Stanford. And we're kind of in a, you know, in a relatively stable place for now. But I guess we know that we have some of these issues coming in the near future. All right. Yeah. Uh, um, so actually, in, your, in, in hearing you summarize that, I just noticed something. Not a lot happens, <laughs> like in terms of like you know like passage of time or in terms of of um, like you know um, moving from one place to another. A lot of this stuff happens like more internally, right? Because mm-hmm. a lot of it is just like yeah, he meets this girl and then it's just the relationship develops and like he goes to therapy and then the relationship develops. You know, yeah. he works with uh, uh, Gerald and the relationship develops. But not a lot of it is just like, especially and, you know we're halfway into this film already. Right? right, so it's still kind of this uh, early starting stages. So it's kind of like a play, huh? It's kind of like two acts. 
Yeah, that's because this first half is very much just setting everything up and just letting things kind of like trickle, trickle, trickle. But like, yeah, like uh, uh, right? Wouldn't you agree that summer? I would agree, and and now that you say that, it's almost like the biggest external thing that happens, aside from like you know Will meeting these new people, is Mm -hmm. he solves the proof. And that's it's the only so thing that's easy for him. Yeah, that's the only thing that's been a, a quote unquote accomplished. Mm-hmm. Everything else now so far is just like we're in the middle of this mm-hmm. happening. Oh, it's, but it's so easy for him, you know. It, it's almost not an accomplishment, I guess. You know what, man? <laughs> I'm gonna say it. Google hunting, no conflict. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. There's obviously conflict, but like, yeah, everything comes so easy to him. Oh, true. You know what I mean? Yeah. The math comes easy to him. So far, we haven't really gotten... It's going to get harder, obviously. But, like, right now, opening up or getting Sean to open up, pretty easy with him. And then mm. his relationship with Skylar so far. He's lying. I mean, I know that. He's made up, you know, his family. Right, he's made up the brothers and sisters. But everything's kind of really easy for him. This guy's sitting on easy street. He is, yes. All the adversity happened, obviously, in his childhood. Right now, not a lot of adversity. No. and But he's he's left these openings for for future conflict oh yeah yeah so let's get do that let's dive into that now then the (laughs) second half uh again if you want to uh sync up the playback we're going to resume an hour six minutes and uh 17 seconds and get ready for some conflict because so far it has been pretty easy going jeff and i kind of just have this nice little stroll in the park talking about like everything but the movie because (laughs) the movie is like very easy but uh i think we're gonna hit some heavy stuff now right Mm. all right so ready sync it up in five four Three, two, one, play. So again, got this girl in bed after talking about her family, and she wants a more intimate. So going back to the attachment thing, she wants a more intimate relationship. She wants to get to know him and his friends and his family, and he's guarded because. Why do you think he's so guarded? Let's talk about that. Well, he's had issues trusting anyone and I think that if he has opened up to anyone it's you know his boys but um, they they don't really talk about this kind of stuff like yeah I, mean, I think he's insecure I think so he's insecure about living in that uh, that you know smaller apartment he's insecure about not having a family he's insecure about not having you know the things that he th- he 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 projects, he thinks that Skyler wants, mm-hmm. you know, stability and wants a guy with money and stuff like that, mm-hmm. you know, big family. Yeah, you know, I, I actually think that even though he may seem avoidant, like he's very, he's just anxious in a lot of ways. Like he, I mean, he could possibly be anxious avoidant. What a good friend. Outlook. Why did he call him? He called him because he said, uh, uh, like, she said, I, I won't sleep with you unless you let me in. It's like, okay, I'll call him right now. Oh. <laughs> and he did call. And Ben oh, Affleck and had to get in the booth and say hello. <laughs> what a, like, good use so of his time. Funny. Yeah. But what a good, what a good, like, bro to pick up a 4.30 a.m. phone uh. call. Half asleep. I know. Day before cell phones too. Right. He so had to get out of bed. Caller ID. Yeah, he had to get out of the bed, walk, put on a robe, walk down the hall, <laughs> to, down the stairs maybe to the kitchen, answer that phone call. Uh, 
got his dick in the monkey's ass, and Morgan comes running in going, I don't mind There's so many of these scenes that open, that start in the middle of a joke. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a really strong. I don't know if it's a directing choice or it probably is, mm. or maybe it's for all we know it's in the script. It could be in the script. Right, right. I think it's a good directing choice where it's like, hey guys, you know, order around, just start chatting, tell some jokes, and then I won't tell you, mm-hmm. but I'm gonna start filming. Yeah, you know, or maybe it's an editing trick. Yeah, there's edit there. But, sure. Um, that's the thing is like you know actors are always talking about moment before moment before dude you know what's so funny okay maybe I should not talk about this on the podcast but I'll talk about it whatever <laughs> I, had, I did my first self tape yesterday oh wow yeah I know you are an actor so yes. everybody just so everybody knows I am not an actor I'm much more of a writer so I don't really act but there was an open casting call I decided to put myself on it that's but so I asked cool. a friend of mine who is an actress and I was like hey can you help me with the self tape because I never do this and the notes that she gave me were really helpful but it was also really overwhelming because you're right. It was, I just like, I was like dead face. Yeah. And I started talking. And she's like, what are you doing? I was like, oh, I'm starting the line. She's like, but like five seconds before, like, what are you doing? Yeah. You're not in your character yet. So yeah, I am. She's like, no, you're just sitting there dead. Same thing with after, right? It's like after my last line, like I kind of just like froze. And she's like, you're freezing. I was like, yeah. It's like in real life, you don't just say something and freeze. You say something and you... You go on with your day. You you know you look around. Right. You take a sip of water. You you're relax. You're coming from somewhere too. Yeah, yeah. So exactly, you're always coming from somewhere. You're always going somewhere afterwards. And I was like, what the fuck? Because <laughs> as a writer, no, you're not. Yeah. As a writer, as soon as I hit period, you cease to exist in my mind, right? Hmm. But that's because I'm not a, a a director. I'm not a an actor, right? And that's not helpful. I, I I told you, you know, at the period you stop existing, right? You feel lost. You feel insecure. That's a terrible thing to tell an actor. <laughs> Um, so you're absolutely right and I think that maybe that's like a really strong technique that Gus like implemented here where it's just like give you an extra line before an extra joke and afterwards give you you know an extra yeah I mean they make it look so easy when they're actually in a clean cut movie or on TV because (laughs) ideally they'll start acting before they start you know before and that's improvising isn't it because there's no lines yeah, usually. Or, I don't know, I mean, or they'll keep going till after yeah. they all cut. And, like, here's what I will say, like, you know, guys, like, I'm not a terrible actor. I'm a good improviser. Can you tell him, Jeff? Yeah, you are. He I'm is. a good improviser. Thank you, everybody. But, like, so, like, it's interesting because, you know, when I do improv, you're, like, on a, on a black box theater or you're in someone's backyard or you're on Zoom, Right. But for some reason, it's easy to like get into character there, and it's easy to kind of just like kind of react moment to moment and be honest. But like in front of a camera or in front of mm-hmm. lights, you know, because doing the safe uh, self tape in a in a, you know, in a room felt weird. And I'm sure you, you audition in person before. Yes, definitely. Even scarier. Yeah, I mean, I really didn't have long as an actor in the real world before mm-hmm. the pandemic, but it's scary. Um, it's definitely scary, but self-tapes are scary, too, because there's sometimes not enough limitations. You know, you could spend an entire day just obsessing over which take to use. And and that's the other thing that's so hard about acting, you know, is, like, sometimes they have to do these scenes 20 times, 30 mm-hmm. times, like, and they... They generally want it to look like it's the first time anything's happened. Yeah, and I would agree with that because that's so hard to make something that you said 20 times feel authentic. And like, check out this right here. This joke, I think this must have been improvised. It was just like, go find your own joke because 
the delivery and the reactions. Like, it's hard to laugh at a joke twice. Mm-hmm. I think we can all agree. And these jokes feel real, right? Mm-hmm. So I, 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 that's what I hope it is. These, these are all young, you know, actors and actresses. I hope the idea was like, hey, your assignment, go home, find a dirty joke, ask your uncle for a dirty <laughs> joke, right? I don't want you to come here and deliver the dirty joke. Yeah. You know what I mean? But then the fact that, like, there's so many different angles, it's like, I mean, did they just have a bunch of cameras or were they Oh, for coverage? Yeah, I mean. That's a really good question, too. Yeah, he really nailed it, I think. That's a, hey, you know, man, that's another really good point. Yeah, for coverage, like, you kind of do have to laugh at every single joke over and over again. You know? Okay, so, yeah, that's, like, that's the thing. I have this, like, newfound respect for actors. Not so much that, you know, acting... Is hard the first time. It's hard the second, the third, yeah. the fourth, the fifth, the sixth time. Right? Improv is easy because I have to do it again twice. I must. I would be the worst improviser if I had to do everything again a second time. No, not tonight. But uh, yeah. Anyways, just to speak to this film, just how how great some of these moments are from such young budding talents. You know, um, including Casey Affleck, future Oscar winner. <laughs> Isn't it weird that Casey Affleck won an Oscar before Matt Damon and Ben Affleck? Yeah. Wait, he did? Yeah, he won for uh, Manchester by the Sea. But they won for Goodwill Hunting. As writers, not as actors. Yeah, wow. Jeez. College. And I, I attribute it to Casey Affleck's ability to repeat the same thing over and over again. <laughs> Of too. So you can hear some of that like classism coming into play. Oh, these guys have that was improvised. Probably, yeah, it yeah, was, yeah, I yeah. Think. So, <laughs> he no. didn't know what to do with that. Like, the sex so you get a cut? <laughs> He's like, is that is that in the script? He just like, yeah. Should I say something back? He just walks away. But yeah, here he is. Uh, uh, this is where it gets a little bit unethical. Because mm. here he's basically telling Sean how to like manipulate or guide or shape yeah, I mean, therapy. I've never known anyone or heard even of these situations of like court-mandated therapy. Yeah. But, I mean, obviously the conservatorship question has been in the news a lot. But it, you would start to think also, like, Sean shouldn't. I'm not sure you t- talk about what they discuss in their meetings, well, even with, with Jerry necessarily. Yeah, that's, so it's confidential for sure, especially since he's not a parent. They're or a in a guardian. public place, too. Oh wow! Yeah, where are these conversations supposed? To, if if sorry, obviously these conversations shouldn't take place. But if they were to take place, yeah, it would probably be in an office. Right? Maybe. And then also, um, yeah, basically trying to shape. You know about his yeah, treatment, man, basically saying like, "Hey, man, like, get this dude to uh, uh, take a job. Get this dude so to do this and do that." Right, right. He's trying to. I mean, this isn't about leading the witness as a yeah. Guy. Even therapists, I think, don't usually give their opinions about what you should pursue necessarily. And you know what's funny, man? I didn't know who that guy was. He's like, you ever heard of Jared Lambeau? Because at this point, I forgot his name. Yeah. They don't talk about it. Yeah. So I Googled it, and I was just like, I definitely oh, did that too. You know, I was like, once. oh, it's him. Yeah. 
remember. So that joke almost doesn't work. <laughs> right. Nobody remembers. Yeah. I mean, especially because Lambo, it does sound like some a name that you should know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, oh, is that like a World War Two? Yeah, or like, you know? hey, Jerry. Isn't there like a Lambo field or something? Lamborghini. So what are you thinking about? <laughs> the car? No. Guys driving Lambos? I like this part too. Great little kibosh on this conversation. Gotta give this kid direction. Yeah. He can contribute. Kibosh? We can help him do I don't know what it's like a slang. At the end, he's like, he puts the, well, the ending, puts the, oh. puts the kibosh. I don't know. Look it up now, man. I actually don't know where that slang comes from. Imagine it's like not a real word and I just made it up. Uh, it is to put an end to, and it comes from 19th century English. Oh, oh is it Yiddish? Oh, nice. No, it's it's Irish. Who knows? Whatever. But yeah. Irish Yiddish. Yeah, Irish Yiddish. Well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I came here today. I came here out of courtesy. I wanted to keep you on the loop. To be in the loop. Do you do you see uh um in alternate world or an alternate like draft? Will just getting a job. How do you think he would do in that situation? Being a whatever it is, think tank, guinea pig. That is a good question. I guess. By the way, really quick, noted rom-com actor Ben Affleck doing a stellar job here. You're right, man. This is a rom-com, and if it was Ben Affleck, it would have been a. Great rom-com. Like, I, this scene like this, right? The old switcheroo. Go on my date for me. Go on my interview for and me. And you know what's funny? I looked up the IMDb we'll trivia. Uh-huh. And the name that they gave to this company where he does this interview uh-huh. is the name of the character that Ben Affleck played in Chasing Amy. Oh, uh, what's his name called? It's like Henry McNeil. Mm. That's the name that they gave this firm. McNeil. Yeah, yeah. So he's hamming it up. This movie needs some ham, though. It needs some people like having some jokes. But yeah, like, let's just say this was Ben, uh, uh, Matt yeah. Damon. Let's say he does take the job. How do you think he would handle it? Well, I don't know if this is an answer to the question, but it's hard to imagine that the movie could end in a satisfying way unless it's unless it's said three years later, like after he's been mm-hmm. at the job for a long time. And then we find out that he leaves or something because... Oh, I see. So you think it all roads lead to him leaving this path and pursuing his own... Maybe, interest. you know, I mean... Because I could see him sabotaging that job. Like, he's kind of sabotaged a lot of things. Self-sabotage, mm. you know? Yeah. Uh, because he doesn't like that. He's, he's not a person that deals well with... Uh, stability or... M- not even so much stability, so much as it's like a prison. It's like walls, confinement... Yes, and like what you were speaking of confinement, you know, and what we talked about a little earlier. Yeah. Like he's never been out of Boston. Yeah, that's so weird. I mean, obviously uh, that happens. Mm-hmm. And Boston's a great city, so you don't really need to go too far. Yeah. But he's never taken a train to Connecticut or right. Pennsylvania. Not and, and so now, you know, he's about to dr- to go see about a girl. Mm-hmm. 
it's it's does, a big thing for him in a lot of ways. Does he know how to buy a bus ticket? <laughs> I'm worried for him, right? <laughs> does he know how to get book a hotel room? I'm worried. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. They didn't have kayak. I know he's a smart. Yeah, exactly. You know, back in the day, you had to call a travel agent because <laughs> if he misses or he gets a layover and he's just stranded there. Mm. I know he's a smart guy, but these are not things that you can read about in books. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, he's book smart. Uh, but here's a. Little inkling of some conflict, kind of, not really. Again, he kind of, kind of gets away from it. But she's kind of confronting him, like, yeah. you're this prodigy. You have this excellent memory, this you know ability to learn things, and you're wasting your potential. Yeah. yeah. I want to talk about this. No, I'm trying to explain it to you. You play the piano. Yeah, but... All right, so when you when you look at a piano, you see Mozart. She teaches I piano to kids. All right, well, Beethoven. Yeah, what a condescending question. I know you have... I know you remember her, too, because sense. you have photographic memory. Right. So what do you she said it earlier. You should remember She's her. trying to, to make a point. Yeah. <laughs> you play any instruments? I play guitar. You do? Mm-hmm. Do you see the guitar visually, though? Like, he kind of... I feel like music is not a visual thing. I don't think so. I mean, I, like, you know, I envision, like, what my hands are doing with it, but, yeah. in, in other than that, like, I don't have a, yeah. a visual experience I don't, think you, can, experience I don't with think you can visualize a melody or visualize a chord. No. You know, you definitely feel it, or you feel the chord progression. Yeah. I have to tell you something. Well. It's cheesy. It's a cheesy-ass <laughs> movie. That really, she really liked that. I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> but by the way, again, like, kind of gets gets off scot free. But yeah. here's a reminder of the stakes. It's not fair. The IMDb trivia said that they had a thing during this movie. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like how can you not? I mean, you know, I never <laughs> acting anything like long term, you know. But like, yeah. the whole idea is that you have to like that person. If you even if you don't, you have to like trick yourself to like, I am in love with this person. I have a crush on this person. You yep. Know? And then psychologically yeah like, you do start to like them yeah like exactly you know it's like conditioning you know so it's like loving kiss loving kiss take mm-hmm. one loving it, kiss take two after seven lo- loving kisses you're kind of like I, I think i like this kind of like that yeah kiss. it's kind of scary manipulative and they're good looking you know they're yeah. in the same project they're working t- toward the same goal and he's a brilliant he wrote it about. right yeah so she's like oh my gosh you're so brilliant you wrote this line you're for me smart you know, and he's all like, you're fucking British. Uh-huh, you're British. <laughs> That's your accent? You your talk like that all smart-like? <laughs> you're wicked smart. I didn't know. But now she asks him I to go to California. But yeah, here's, uh, where are we now? Kind of abrupt. Yeah. But here's the conflict, folks. You said there's no conflict. Here it is. <laughs> and the question, uh, well, it is a really weird thing to ask someone in the middle of the night, I would say. And here's him airing out his uh, insecurity. You hadn't said that, but you know it's such a serious thing that you can't take it back. And now I'm stuck in California. If someone doesn't really want to be with me, just wish they had a take back. A what? What's a take back? I don't want to. That's his fear of abandonment. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he's ever been around this secure of an individual. And except for maybe Chucky. Yeah. Why not? Chucky's like family. That's what they say. And two, because I live there. He'd take a bat 
Or he'd yeah, step in front of traffic for us. If you don't love me, you should just tell me because it's such a bother. Why? Why won't you come? What are you so scared of? What am I so scared of? That's a huge thing well, to ask. Yeah. Well, right? So you moved around a lot. You did St. Louis and you went to college in uh, LA. Mm -hmm. Anywhere else? You live in any other major cities? No, no. I just came straight from college. Oh, it's LA. Hollywood. So one change. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it felt, I thought it would be small, but it it was a big move. No, it's definitely a huge, big move. I guess that's what the point I'm trying to make, though, is for her to say, like, just move to California. It's like, it's, don't be so flippant. Mm -hmm. It's, It's a hard thing to ask on a move, especially. Boston to Stanford, huge change. Yeah, and he's never left. Like, well, he, he she doesn't know that. Mm. But even if he has left before, is my point is just like that's still a big thing on. Definitely. And he does have this obsession with her money. He did yeah. project on her. He doesn't want to admit he's scared of anything. Fuck it, I want to give it a shot. Then at least I'm honest with you. I'm not honest with you. No, what about your 12 brothers? No, you're not going. You're not leaving. What do you want to know? What? That I don't have 12 brothers? And this is kind of scary. And she does a... You don't want to hear that I got fucking cigarettes put out. Maybe a natural reaction. She doesn't get scared. She should get scared. You don't want to hear that shit, Skylar. Don't don't tell me you want to hear that shit. I want to hear it because I want to help you. Because I want to be with you. Sign on my back that says save me. No. Do I look like I need that? No, God, I just want to be with Don't you because bullshit. I love you. Don't bullshit me. Don't you like, how is she not scared? Yeah. I think I'm she scared. Is. I love you. But he's he's a little. Well, it's because she knows it's a it's a scene. He won't hit me. Yeah. <laughs> because if you say that, then I won't call you. I just don't I quite understand this part still. What do you mean by that? As much as I love it, I I think like, what well, you know. Oh, why does he push her away? Why does he say I don't love you? Yeah, but it's like but a Harry and Henderson thing. thing. The whole scene, like I just don't. It's like Harry and Henderson's. He's saying this to spare both of them their feelings. He does love her. I think we can agree there. Yes, he's definitely. just afraid of that. He's probably never felt it before. It's a new sensation. Yep. But he, I mean, you know, I don't. For lack of a better way to put it i just don't understand why he gets this angry you know oh why does he get angry that angry i don't think he's ever said that aloud to anybody before so and i think he's 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 angry about his own life right he's angry that he doesn't have he's an orphan he's angry that he's uh uh grown up neglected and abused in the foster care system Mm -hmm. So I think that's because remember, like Sean hasn't gotten that out of him. I doubt Chucky's gotten that out of him, or maybe mm-hmm. if Chucky has, it's like in the middle of drinking, yeah, in the middle of a fight. So for him to get that stuff out, that's the first time he's saying it out loud. I think that's also him admitting it to himself. So he's angry about that fact, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like, like this would have been perfect. You and I could have been, you know, married in California. We've been so happy if it wasn't for the fact that I was an orphan. I this, you know, that's what right. I think it is. Wow. Uh, uh, uh. And I think that you know, most most people don't go there because most people do have like they have ways of deflecting, they have ways of uh, masking it. Right. Humor is a big one, you know. Yes. So whenever people so have those things, ignoring. rather than resorting to anger like Will does, they make a joke about it, you know. Right. You're gonna love this orphan, you know. Yeah. You're gonna put cigarettes on me too, you oh. know. 
uh, sarcasm, right? Right. But I don't think he has those mechanisms. Interesting. Did you ever consider? I'm pretty sure it's right. Hey, look, can we do this at Sean's office from now on? <laughs> because I, I got to knock off work to come here, and the commute is killing me. Yeah, sure. But did you think of the possibility? That's right. Let's right. take it home with you. Like this scene here, killing, and again, he he's starting to unravel, yeah, right? He's starting to lose his patience. It's right, it's right, just do it. On your own time, you can do whatever you like, Will. But when I set up a meeting with, with my associates, and you don't show up, it reflects poorly on me. Uh, don't set up any more meetings. Well, I won't. I'll cancel them. I'll give you a job myself. I, I just wanted you to see what was out there. Look, maybe I don't want to spend the rest of my fucking life sitting around explaining shit to people. He's being hurtful. Mm. I think you could show me some appreciation. Why do you think he's pushing Sean away now? Appreciation? Do you know how easy this is for me? Do you have any fucking he's all, he's just pushed away Skylar. You think that's a kind of like a, a domino? Really so now that that's unraveled, he's starting to unravel everything else? Maybe. But. And you'd have more time to sit around and get drunk. It, it's right. it's definitely different at least to me because he doesn't really have any connection to Jerry. yeah yeah that's what I mean it's just like this is needless this is just cruel yes okay you know? yeah I like why. Um, what's it called lashing out mm-hmm. yeah, you're right Jim. I can't do this but you can to that it's only about it's just a handful of people in the world who can tell the difference between you and me but I'm one of them sorry yeah so am I most days I wish I never met you because then I could sleep at night I didn't, I didn't have to walk around with the knowledge that there was someone like you out there he has an opinion on everything he hears as an actor what a what was that? Say that again? As an actor. Yeah, he has an he has he has so much thought behind that everyth- line. Everything that he says and everything that the other character says hope. and does. Yeah. You hear that? So how do you interpret that? How would you interpret that Why line? Uh, if someone said if if some if, if, or why do you think what motivates him to tell Will? Some days I you know, I lose sleep at night knowing that there's someone out there like you. It looked to me that that Will then is thinking, "Wow, that sucks." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that does suck. Um, yeah, like I never really understood Stellan Skarsgård's arc because he finds this young boy and wants to mentor him, but then when he ends up being like, basically, I don't need your mentorship. It really severely yeah. affects him. You yeah, know? he seems really. Unstable. Oh beginning, yeah, you know. Maybe Gerald needs some therapy. Yeah, I mean he's like a loaded gun, ready to go off. <laughs> Professor Nemba. Jeez. So why do you think I should work for the National Security Agency? This is a classic scene. Well, yeah, I like this scene too. 
Against another win for uh, Young Will here. Oh, yeah. The second half, this has been just a half hour of him dunking on people. <laughs> dunk, dunk. This dunk, is the one dunk. for me. The yeah, one yeah. for me. Well, that's one aspect of what we do. Robin doesn't have to come to set today. Hmm? Robin doesn't have to come to set today. He's seven times the size of the CIA. We don't like to brag about that, Will. But you're exactly right. So the way I see it, the question isn't why should you work the game? cheesy-ass line. Yeah. The question is why shouldn't, shouldn't you? you? You're right. He's not. He's not so sarcastic. But you know, he he's very like method. Will is very method with his irony and with messing with people. Like he really commits to the bit. Yeah, he's like very blunt. He just he goes instead of like you know dancing around the insult. Yeah. He just shoves it in your. He, he doesn't admit. Like he he doesn't show you that he's kidding. Like, yeah, that he's messing with you until he realized that a minute later. Yeah, I don't know who wrote, you know, for what, you know, how they wrote the dialogue, but for sure they nailed this guy's voice down, and it's 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 very. He exposes you almost, you know. It's like talking to him is like like talking to a mirror. Yeah, you know. So like, it, if you have any subtext for Robin Williams, he will. Spell it out. There's any subtext for Gerald, he spells it out. Any subtext yes. for any, any of the characters. Yes. All absolutely. he does is just like, you say it to him, and then he's just like, well, here's exactly what's going on. It's like he's the voice of reason, you know? Yeah. He's just labeling it. Yeah, he, he is. that's so true. Yeah. And, and every time you ask me to do a math problem, you blah, blah, blah. He spells out the. <laughs> that, the game. definitely. And, and then he, like, you know, he notices in his environment, like, they have these plants, like, um, the painting, the uh, I don't know, like um, so what did I think? Sure, yeah, the proofs, the, the piano, yeah, whatever. Yep. Okay. And he basically comes along and says, "This is how this reveals something about your character and mine." I like that that choice there to zoom in and zoom out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Robin Williams doesn't even listen to it. <laughs> it's like two different scenes cut together. Yeah, I just, I, I just. Like he doesn't, he doesn't acknowledge what it's just like that, that like uh, dunk. Do you feel like you're alone? <laughs> like, wait, what? So yeah, Chucky's family. He's not your soulmate. I got, I got, I got plenty. Well, name them: Shakespeare, Nietzsche, Frost, O'Connor, Kant, Poe, Flock. That's great. They're all dead. Not to me, I know. You don't have a lot of dialogue with them. You can't get back to them, though. Not without some serious smelling salts and a heater. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's disgusting. You'll never have that kind of relationship what? in the world where you're always afraid to take the well, first step. That joke. All you Wasn't see that a is every negative thing ten dirty joke? You're gonna take the professor. Maybe. I don't know anymore. Maybe I'm reading too. After you said that, now I think it might be. I read it as you know what smelling salts are, right? It's like a hallucinogen. Like you smell it and like Yeah. But now that I hear you say something else, and maybe you're right. Yeah, what's the heater doing there? That's kind of creepy. I have no idea. Yeah, that's, let's 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 dance over it before. Let's table that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh boy, the things you could do with the heater in a dead body. What's wrong with land brick? Nothing. There's nothing wrong. That's so that's somebody's home I'm building. Right. My dad laid brick. Okay. 
fucks it is that so I can have an education? Exactly. That's an honorable profession. What's wrong with, with fixing somebody's car so someone will get to work the next day because of me? Yeah, there's there honor is. in that. Yeah, there is. Well, there is honor in that. And there's honor in, you know, taking that 40-minute train ride so those college kids can come in in the morning. Oh, his dad was a bricklayer. Mm -hmm. I think I got the right. wrong character. Right. And that's honorable. Before. Sure, that's why he took that job. I mean, for the honor of it. Yeah, that's why he took the janitor job. Right here, yeah. You could be a janitor anywhere. Why did you work at the most prestigious technical college in the whole fucking world? Why did you sneak around at night and finish other people's formulas that only one or two people in the world could do and then lie about? Surprising and inevitable. I don't see a lot of honor in that, Will. It's like, oh yeah, he did do all that. What do you really want to do? He knew this. I want to be a shepherd. I want to move up to Nashville, get a nice little spread, get some sheep, and tend to them. Maybe you should go do that. And I do like this woman, too. No, you're going to jerk off like you just do it at home with a moist towel. When... Me? Yeah, get the fuck hey, out. No, no, when no, time's not up yet. he yeah, turns him away. No. Listen, you're not yeah. going to answer my questions. You're wasting my fucking time. What? I thought we were friends. What do you mean? You... Playtime's over, okay? Well, why are you kicking me out, Sean? I mean, what? I mean, you're lecturing me on life? Look at you, you fucking burnout. What winds your clock? Working with you. And then rather than addressing that, he's uh, deflecting and he's, you know, yeah. lashing out. Let's make it about Sean. At least I played a hand. Oh, you played a hand and you lost. You lost a big fucking hand. And some people are I've never met a therapist who really gives any information about themselves. Yeah. Yeah, like most of their therapy is well, One Way Street. It's about Sean yeah. telling Will against him. And he weaponizes it. You know? Yeah. Bullshit answer for everybody. From the I beginning. ask you a very simple question, and you can't give me a straight answer. Because you don't know. See you, both people. Fuck you. You're the shepherd. <laughs> Wait. Wanted, you know, and then he just resolves everything on his own? Uh, before you left. Um, Who? Uh, Will? Oh, Chucky does it. Chucky's the one that talks him into letting go. Oh, yeah, yeah we still need the construction site. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So I was going to say, like, well, then Sean didn't really help him that much. Chucky's the one that solves his problems. I didn't realize that. Well... Is there one more scene between more him and, and Sean? Oh, at least. At least one. Yeah. At least one more? I know he, after he leaves, he tells Actually, him. He tells him about the job. He tells him about the job. Oh, yeah, true. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Actually, I wasn't sure. I'm kind of lost with this guy's journey right now. I mean, we're watching him. We're talking about it in real time. Will. Yeah, Will's journey. He's just pushing everything away. He got rid of his therapist. Got rid of his Sean. Got rid of uh, yep. Skyler. Yep. He's he's back to square one. Or he could be. He is. He is back in square one. And the music in this movie. You like it? Yeah. I can't listen to it like you know, by itself. But it complements these sequences very yeah, well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, like, not that it's not great, but it's just so 
so emotional. Yeah. Oh, here it is. Take out his anger. What is their job? Sitting in your office. Just knocking down that wall. <laughs> knocking yes. down this fucking wall for weeks. But just uh, a crane could do that in like yeah. 10 seconds. Well, if he doesn't show up and I file a report saying he wasn't here and he goes back to jail, he won't be on my conscience. Wish we got some resolution for the glasses guy. Yeah. Okay. Poor guy. He should have been the one to tell, like, hey, Gerald, you don't need him, you know? <laughs> Something like that. Thanks. I choose to follow you, sir. My captain, my oh, captain, my captain. <laughs> Give him a nice little moment. Uh, so how's your lady? Ah, she's gone. Gone, gone where? Uh, med school, medical school in California. Really? Yeah. When was this? It's like a week ago. That sucks. So, uh, when are you done with those meetings? Like the week after I'm It's a good friend. He doesn't pry. Yeah, He's just like, that sucks. Yeah. Yeah, fucking. I don't know if that's a good friend, but that's exactly what Will needs. Yeah. Will doesn't need uh, someone who pries. And he gives his, he gives his opinion. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sucks. That's the extent of it. Better than this shit. But we the, the monologue coming. You know, mm -hmm. be neighbors. You know, we'll have little kids. Fucking take them to little league together up Foley Field. Take them to little league together. Look, you're my best friend, so don't take this the wrong way. But in 20 years, if you're still living here, coming over to my house to watch the Patriots game, still working construction, I'll fucking kill you. That's not a threat. What? That's a fact. I'll fucking kill you. What the fuck are you talking about? You got something none of us have. Oh, come on. Why, why is it always this? I mean, I fucking owe it to myself to do this or that. What if I don't no, want to? No, 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 no. Fuck you. You don't owe it to yourself. You owe it to me. This is very insightful. I agree. Tomorrow, for him. I think no, this is one, and I think it's also just a great insight of the right. movie. Mm-hmm. Man, you're sitting on a winning lottery. Just, if this is an angle that no one's thought about it before. Cash, you know, it's like, oh, we'll should do it for him, we'll should do it for him, but... This other perspective where it's like, well, Will should do it for his community, for his friends, yeah. because it gives people something to aspire to or to look up to. It's a really strong um, sure. point of view. You don't know that. I don't? No, you don't know that. Oh, I don't know that. But I do kind of agree with Will, actually, ultimately. Really? Yeah. Why is that? Because, um... You know what the best part of my day is? If it makes him unhappy to do the, the to do a job, I don't think it would make him not necessarily that job, not necessarily that job. But I think some job. What Chucky is pushing for Will is self-actualization. Yes, you know, to be like the best version of yourself. And I think he sees that right, being his best friend, like you're not being the best version of yourself. Mm. I I I agree. I think it would yeah. be very different if Will, you know, if he first tried yeah. at least to to do some sort of job that yeah. puts his skills to use. Yeah. Like, have you ever seen, have you had a friend, like, not live to, to their potential, you know? I think it's that same feeling, you know? Like, I've had plenty of friends, hmm. 
you know, just taint their grades and just not, you know, not uh, uh, take classes that they should take or not uh, take jobs that they should take. And it ends up getting them, a ch- uh, you know, they plateau and I can't be friends with them anymore. You know? mm. They end up growing apart. Wow. And then vice versa. If they end up pursuing what they want, they're going to grow apart anyway. So, like, I think the point is that I think Chucky knows this. He maybe uh, throughout his life, he knows that people are going to, he's going to grow apart from Will eventually. Okay. But, like, Will's not doing himself or the world any favors by, you know, sputtering or stalling it. Yeah. Whereas if he just kind of fully flies to where he's, you know, where he's he can fly and where he should fly, then at least they can part ways and he can feel good about it. So Chucky's actually pretty mature, especially for the character that, you know, who, like, in the opening scene basically is like, why didn't you give me some of that nasty? Yeah, yeah. You know? I, you know, uh, yeah, and I, I, I wish they would have given a little bit more to his character as to what he's going through, you know? Yeah. Because, like, yeah, I agree, he is mature, but, like, they need to have a way to, like, explain either how he got mature or why he's mature. Hmm. Maybe something he could have got, maybe maybe that girl would have given him some of that nasty. He got uh, her pregnant, and now he realizes he has to grow up now, maybe. you know? Maybe. And that's when he realizes, you know what? You know, my life's going to go in this direction now. Yeah. Your life's going to go another direction. Don't force yourself to go into my direction just to stay with me, That's mm. why I don't you know, because I don't want you to drag me down, and I don't want to drag you down. Sure. So you know, go do your own thing. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I think as I grew up with a lot of friendships that I have, you know, a lot of friendships naturally just drift apart, you know. So I think for me, I push people like, well, if we're gonna drift apart, drift apart for the for the right reasons, and you know, do the right thing, right? Sure. You know, it's about my metal, is it? Oh, God, I can go home and get it for you. You can have it. <laughs> I don't even get <laughs> where this is coming from. Well, I, I do agree with you that there's probably more going on, but it does feel that, like, their friendship really became strained when he became he started become, having so much success, and it was really his assumption that Robin Williams envied him. Oh, and he's saying it was never about that, it was yeah. your own ego that got in the way. Yeah, he really yeah. projected this resentment onto Sean. And he hasn't stopped. Yeah, and actually, you know what is interesting? He's trying to prevent uh, uh, Will from making the same mistakes because you kind of get to your limit, right? Mm. That's what happened with Gerald. Gerald's a brilliant guy. He kept learning until he hit his limit and he realizes that I can't, I'm, I'm not smarter than this limit and then it ends up like fucking with his ego. Wow. He doesn't want Matt to, or he doesn't want Matt, he doesn't want Will to continue to get smarter and smarter, hit his limit, and then be fragile about it. Right? Wow. He's saying, let him, you know, just explode. Maybe he wants to be an artist, maybe he wants to work in, you know, a story, history or whatever, you know? Uh, yeah. But like, oh. don't let him hope and dream for like, I'm going to be the, the next Einstein and if you fall short of Einstein, yeah, what happens? Hmm. You go and, you, you, you know, you feel like a failure. You feel like a failure. You know, being a, a sad uh, wreck like uh, Gerald Lambo. Have you had any uh, experience with that? Twenty years of counseling. Yeah, I've seen some pretty awful shit. I mean, have you had any experience with that? Personally. He also wore this sweater at the beginning of the movie, I think. My father was not Sean? Yeah. Mean fucking drunk. Come home hammered, looking to I actually wrote 
an essay that oh, was uh, mostly about this movie. What was the essay about? College. It was about therapy in film and you know portrayals of therapy, and it, it was goodwill hunting, ordinary people, and the Hitchcock movie. I can't remember which one. I think it was called Suspicion. Mm, okay. Yeah. I've not seen Ordinary People. What's that about? Oh, it's great. It was a book first, but it's about... uh, It's like a 70s or 80s suburban family drama about, you know, a kid who's just anxious and... Timothy Hutton. Yeah. Judd Hirsch, I think, mm-hmm. is his therapist. Donald Sutherland. Wow, Donald Sutherland. I gotta see that movie. It's great. Yeah, it's great. Holy smokes! I never seen young Timothy Hutton before. I didn't realize he was a, a wow. teen actor or a child actor. Yeah, I guess. Look at me, son. It's not your fault. I know. It's not your. You think Will blamed himself this whole life? It's not your fault. For being like different. It's not your fault. I think at least on some level. It's not your fault. Don't fuck with me, all right? Don't fuck with me, Sean. Not you. It's not your fault. I think it's literal too I think he's he's like I'm so sorry that I'm crying in front of you like this is oh yeah 100% this is so wrong he doesn't yeah he's never been emotional by people before he probably feels uncomfortable or that's something to be embarrassed by yeah he's also apologizing for because he he knows what he's done yeah, he knows I mean, the way he lashes out. You know I think mean? the apology, yeah, the apology reads that way, but yeah, I think it reads multiple layers. Yeah, I, mean, I agree. Yeah, yeah. That's such a uh, interesting choice too, right? Mm-hmm. Someone's had a breakthrough and somebody is crying and they apologize. Like the first thing they do is they apologize, yep. right? Yep. It just goes to show how uh, how uncomfortable he is with that mm-hmm. situation. Because I don't, I don't think that that's like, I think that's more of an actor's instinct than it is a writing instinct, hmm. right? Make him apologize. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, but yeah. it's such a human instinct. Yeah. But there you go. Here he is kind of resolving his uh, relationship or his attachments to the city, to Chucky, to yep. Sean, to his parents, or his foster parents, right? Mm-hmm. He's and you realize that he, like, all those things are just... And... This is the first time we see him inside his house. No, we've seen him read books. Oh, yeah. Flipping those pages, baby. But this is like the Sean scene in the kitchen. What's the Sean scene in the kitchen? Just sitting in the and it shows Sean oh, has yeah, all those yeah, dishes yeah, 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 yeah. stacked up in the alcohol. Yeah. First time we see him like not, yeah, not, not reading or sleeping. Yeah, or yeah, he's just staring, you know, strangely close to the camera. Thinking about what? What do you think he's thinking about? I think he's... 
He's thinking, you know what? Can I help you? Maybe I should yeah, just do one of these stupid interviews. Take it seriously. Respect some people. I don't think he believes that he's going to do it for long. Yeah, they don't really show the passage of time. The way I read it, though, like he gets his job for like two weeks and he quits right away. Or he just like leaves for California right away. I think so, too. Bunker Hill Community College. So this is, oh, yeah, never mind. McNeil, that's the place where... Uh, <laughs> yeah, McNeil. That's the, where the place where they paid Ben Affleck 73 right. bucks. I went down there to talk to my boss, my new boss. He seemed like a good guy. Is that what you want? Yeah, you know, I think so. What does he really want? Good for you. Congratulations. Thanks. Poor guy never got to go to college. You never got a chance to like, explore. Yeah. Time's up. What's that book on the table? Is that James Dean? That's, that's it. So uh, could be, done. could be any out of the pompadour, yeah, leather jacket. You're done. You're a free man. That's got to be a tough thing too, right? Uh, completing therapy, because he's probably felt so reliant on it. Yeah, yeah, it has this exploration. So you know, I uh, hope we keep in touch. You know, <laughs> me too. I'll be traveling around a bit. I've got an answering machine at the college I'll be checking in with. So, if you call that, I'll get back to you right away. Yeah, you know, I figured I'm just gonna put my money back on the table and see what kind of cards I get. You do what's in your heart, son, you'll be fine. Thank you, Will. Yeah, they both end up resolving each other's hang-ups. Patient-doctor relationship. Uh, only if you grab my ass. <laughs> Take care. They've hugged before, though. Hmm? They've hugged before. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Well, that was before he was a patient, so it's fine. Yeah, no, no. Fine. I mean, when he cried, you know? Oh, they hugged before. Oh. I think that's different. I think that was more of like, uh, I don't want anyone to see you cry. Mm. <laughs> so it wasn't a hug so much as it was shielding his, his tears. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Absorbing his tears with this nice plush sweater. Interesting. Why didn't you yoke him? Little Morgan's got a lot of scrap. To you know people try to whip his ass every week? Fucking kid won't back down. What are you saying, bro? <laughs> Is I talking to you? Mind your fucking sentence. Go get me a beer. I ought to. Oh, he just gave him the signal. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't notice it. Yeah, yeah. Got the car. Morgan wanted to get you a T-pass. That's not what I was saying. But, uh, 21 now, so... Yeah, legally allowed to drink, so he's 21, he's so young. How do you like? Can I actually this order beer like at a bar now? Yeah. I mean, how, how were they drinking before? It's the ugliest uh, I've ever seen in my life. You know... 
Ben Affleck's younger than Matt Damon in real life, but I think in the movie he's supposed to be older. Yeah. That's always been my reading of it. Oh, so he just gets them the alcohol. Probably, yeah. Also, I don't really know how Boston works, but I always get this uh, idea, this like you know, this impression that they don't care about mm. underage drinking. As long as you're a Sox fan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, as long as you, you're from Southie. <laughs> It's a good car. Happy 21, Will. Happy 21, bro. Everyone's just so nice to Will. Mm-hmm. Uh, come on in. Sure, I am. Me too, Jerry. Why were we robbed of their apology? Yeah. <laughs> we're short on time. This movie's already like two hours long. Might yeah. as well. Uh, might as well let them have that apology. Sean, I uh, I know Jerry. <laughs> you know what's so messed up? Uh, you think maybe like he had a whole line memorized and ready, and, and then, then they were just like, no, Robin cut him off, <laughs> right? That'd be funny. It's like, what's your reaction? Uh, I would just cut him off. Yeah. I know Jerry. Then do that. Uh, oh shit! I know Jerry. He was about to have. Jerry was about to have his big monologue. Oh. How about a drink right now? Yeah, it's a good idea. Come on, this one's on me. He's an alcoholic, though. I think they're all functioning alcoholics. <laughs> I also heard there's not much to do in the East Coast but drink. So. Yeah. But that's nice, see? Like, now they get to go back to being young friends mm-hmm. uh, as kids, or as uh, college students, before the Fields Medal. Yeah. I, I like this resolution for them. Yeah, me too. Is that the Old North Church? You know what's interesting? Hmm. Robin Williams gets top billing, which obviously an actor of his prestige deserves, you know? Yeah. But, like, the title character is Will Hunting. Yeah. But would you argue that the protagonist is is Will or Sean? I think that's, that's a really good question. I actually think it's maybe both of them. Yeah. Actually, now that you say that. Yeah. I think it was originally more about Will, um, uh, about uh, yeah Will, but then it ended up yeah. being about Sean. Yeah. And then this part doesn't make any sense because they got him a car. So why would they still pick him up if he already has his own <laughs> car? But whatever, man. He has everything he needs now. He's got that car. He has yep. some money saved up from that job, working that job for like a week or two, <laughs> his first paycheck maybe. And what a what a callback here. I mean, multiple at once. It's, it's yeah. almost like improv. Setups and payoffs. Yeah, everything's uh, got that third beat connection, baby. We're hitting it. Yeah. Right here, this... Because uh... not only did they did he tell him at the construction site, knocking on your door, but it was the opening of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was three, three beats of that. There was yeah. picked him up one time, picked him up a second time, talked about it, and the third time oh. picked him up, he's not there.
the only one who put his name on the mailbox. I like that he's wearing a Red Sox um, jacket. Yeah. And is Will like, is he living on his? Was he living on his own there? I or? think he's renting. It so it seems like okay. like he's renting like a room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In this bigger house. Or who knows? Maybe he just lives here. He just lives in this uh, like little studio with a kitchen, but right. he sleeps in that <laughs> mattress in the corner. Right. Or wait, was this house emptier, or is that because he moved out? I don't know. You're right. They didn't show his house enough. He had a lot of books. Yeah. Well, here you go. You know, he sees his friends gone. Demon. They it spend goodbye. like a whole minute just on his face. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Damn. Wow. That's what you live for as an actor, though, right? Yeah. It's an, uh, an opportunity to just think in a mode. Don't say anything. Yep. Just act with your mouth, your yep. eyes. He's gone. They just accept it <laughs> so quickly. <laughs> yeah, then, I want shotgun. Yeah, Casey Affleck's been promoted to shotgun. calls about that job just tell him sorry i had to go see about a girl well there's that soundtrack mm-hmm son of a bitch stole my last i think that was an improv too right i think so yeah yeah so that's it this guy just drives across country mm-hmm. to stanford to see about a girl that we haven't seen in the last 40 minutes of this film. Yeah. And we didn't see for the first while, too. Yeah. Is the credits going to play? That's going to play it out? No, it's going to play on top of this. Yeah. Oh, I take it back. Oh, no, this is not top billing, though. This is in order of appearance. Mm. But yeah, uh, everything else is. Yeah, Robin Williams doesn't show up until way later because he doesn't show up until like 33 minutes into the movie. Right. There it Sean. is, Sean. Uh, all right. Well, as the credits play out, we are going to uh, discuss the rest of this. So there it is. Google Hunting. How do you feel about having finished this, your favorite movie? I feel a sense of relief. How's that? I just feel that I think, you know, I don't know if it, if it necessarily, like, quote-unquote holds up like mm-hmm. at least in a lot of ways but it's still like it holds up in my world view it, it holds up like in my emotional world and I think it'll it'll always be like a, a source of comfort inspiration this movie um, comforts you that's what you feel after you finish this movie you're comforted in a way yeah um and I like how we don't necessarily know you know, he's just going to go see about her, and I mean, open-ended. Yeah, like that's all that it is, and I, I think that's all that he can expect. Mm-hmm. Um, he's kind of fearless now, right? This whole movie is about him liking this 
environment kind of staying confined to his limits or to his, you know, what he grew up knowing. But now he has a chance to yeah. take risks. Yeah, and and he needs to know that, like, you know, maybe he can't count on marrying her and being with her for the rest of his life. But, like... He'll pursue it anyway. He'll right? pursue it, and if it doesn't work out, he'll pursue something else. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, well, uh, um, yeah, you feel uh, relieved yeah. by watching this movie. Whenever I watch this movie, it always makes me feel, uh, it's weird, it's like a bittersweetness, mm. you know what I mean? Because uh, I agree that Will's on to something new, but, and, you know, uh, what's, there's a... I feel bittersweet. There's like a quote, I forgot where I, or where I heard it, some, from some movie, but it's like, to... to, to to build something great, you have to destroy what will. It's uh, Star Wars. It's uh, oh. uh, what um, Kylo Ren says, you know. Okay. So you have to destroy what was. You have to destroy the past in order to, you know, get to your future. So that's what I see happening here. There's a new chapter in Will's life. He had to destroy everything about himself in order to yes. see what else is new. So that's why I was feel a little bittersweet about it. Wow. Because again, I don't think what he had going on was a bad life. No, no. And they kind of show that that was, or there was some type of stake, some type, you know, it's like some bully out to get him. Yeah. Then I would feel a little bit better about this, right? He's like, oh, he finally got rid- I got away from that bully or whatever. But right. there is no bully. There's not. There is nothing except for maybe going to jail. The huge rap sheet. Yeah, yeah, the huge rap sheet. He's getting away from the huge rap sheet. He punched uh, a cop. Yeah, he did punch a cop, but then there was no like, you know, creeping. Yeah. Threat, immediate threat of that. It was just, yeah. eh. You know, the justice system worked in his favor in that yeah, case. Yeah, yeah, but I like, I kind of like that about this movie because the thing is, like, he just has these internal blocks and, yeah. you know. He overcame it. Yeah, I guess it was his inner demons and he, he would have had them anywhere, but now. Yeah, and they leave. get into the origin a little bit when they talk, you know, when they talk about the abuse, but it's, it's not completely about that. Yeah. All right, well, regardless of how you feel about how this movie, uh, after you finish watching it, a lot of people feel a lot of good things, and that's because this movie is very successful, very popular. It's on the top of many people's, like, you know, favorite films. It's definitely, like, yeah, you're number one, right? Uh, Yes. I don't know. I haven't really ranked my movies formally, but I would say it's, like, in the top 25 of my movies, Mm -hmm. and I'm pretty sure a lot of people feel that way. If anybody really were to write down this is the top 25 movies, I'm willing to bet you that uh, Good Will Hunting's uh, in there. Mine's at least tied for first. Oh, wow. What's yeah. the other one? The Truman Show is a okay. big one. That's another big one. Yeah. yeah. Another one with a comedic actor taking right. a dramatic role. Right. Uh, but this ended up getting nominated uh, at the uh, 1998 Academy Awards. It uh, got nominated for Best Picture, Best Director, again, Gus Van Sant. Um, and um, Best Supporting Actor and Best Original Screenplay. Warren Williams ended up winning for Best Supporting Actor, very much well-deserved. Again, we argued this. It was he a supporting actor? Definitely felt like a lead sometimes. Mm. Uh, and then Best Original Screenplay for Affleck and Damon. Uh, and, you know, it's funny. Before this uh, year, these two would go on to never write together again, which oh. is so weird, so random. I know Affleck ended up writing Argo and stuff. Oh, and yeah. Do his own thing. But Damon... Pretty much stopped writing. But then Last Duel came out uh, earlier this year, and he did write that. It was his little quarantine project. So we get a chance to see. Is Damon a good writer? And I think he is. Hmm. Uh, Why are you holding out on us? Stop making movies. Start writing movies. Uh, 
Um, uh, so the director, Gus Van Sant, uh, directed a lot of great, great films. He's definitely a lot more dramatic, would you say? Yes, I Doesn't agree. Doesn't really do a lot of romances at all. Or you can argue some of the movies that he does is really romantic. A uh, movie that I really like of his is uh, Milk. Mm-hmm. And that is a bit more romantic, more, more romantic than you would suspect. Mm. Uh, he also did that. Uh, my favorite thing he's ever done is that Psycho remake, which yeah. is the shot-for-shot remake with Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn. Yeah. Um, and uh, that one movie, My Own Private Idaho, that was really interesting, Oh, yeah? Too. I'll have to look into that. Yeah, it's, it's, people don't talk about it as much. I've actually never even heard of it. Wow. Uh, and then the thing that I, th- I think is most fun about him, he wanted to direct um, Fifty Shades of Grey, so he hired uh, two actors, I forgot who it was, but like two young actors, and he just shot like a trailer, like a concept reel. Wow. Pretty much just a sex scene. He pretty much just made a sex scene. Wow. And then he like submitted it to the producer saying, will you please make this movie or let me direct it? And of course, I don't know if you guys know this, ultimately he did not, right? It was directed by, uh-oh. I have no idea. Uh-oh, who directed it? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. It was a woman, I believe. Uh, Sam Taylor Johnson, yeah. So, gotcha. <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, I would say those are maybe like two of his uh, most popular films: yeah. Good Will Hunting, Milk, Psycho, and Drugstore Cowboy, and Drugstore Cowboy, and My Own Private Idaho. All the ones that's <laughs> I know that one. Jeff it, likes, but no one's ever heard of. No, that one has River Phoenix in it. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, and Keanu. Yeah. Uh, I don't think we need to really go through the pedigree of Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. I'm pretty sure you know. But again, Ben Affleck's just done a lot of rom-coms, done his fair share. Uh, Chasing Amy, like you mentioned earlier. I'm a big fan of Geely, even though everybody hates Geely. I think he did a a serviceable job there. Matt Damon, I don't think he's ever done a rom-com. I don't think he needs to, but I don't think he ever has. Let me just check really quick. Not our guy. Not our rom-com guy. what I really liked was... uh talented mr ripley not a rom-com could have been a rom-com <laughs> kind of fun to think about it <laughs> definitely not um oh he was in chasing amy too oh wow. was like a best friend or something was he barely in it i'm, I'm guessing he's barely in it oh uh, screenwriter no 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 uh, no sean Oran. yeah never mind uh he was in mystic pizza but i doubt he was uh-huh. a uh big character there yeah homeboys never done a rom-com and again, probably doesn't need to. What else? Downsizing. <laughs> Downsizing? Oh my gosh, you're right. I think that might have been a rom-com. Really? Uh, not nah. really. Well, anyways. <laughs> uh, so yeah, like not... Uh, so, um, I don't know, Jeff. I'm still uh, not feeling too convinced that this is a rom-com, wow. especially since uh, Matt Damon... Not, maybe that's what was wrong with it. Maybe they, so, maybe it was supposed to be a rom com, and they casted him, and he like, <laughs> Matt, you're a little too serious. And too Gus serious. is like, no, no, don't worry. I'll, wow, I'll wow. Do something we'll fix it in post. Yeah, I'll fix it. I'll, I'll edit it together. I'll get no, some of the so best takes. Are you gonna destroy this whole episode then? You know, no, just... no, no. I'll definitely <laughs> still keep it. Like I said, I've done non rom com episodes before. My audience knows. And again, there is a romance, and it was funny at times. So I consider that enough to be a rom com. Mm. Um, all right. So uh, last couple things about this movie. Um, uh, how did it do critically? Again, did very well, but the Rotten Tomato score is probably super high. Where is it? Yeah. Did they change the layout of this website? I don't know. I don't want to see reviews. I just want to see how the movie did. Okay, 98% oh. 
uh, and then 94% audience. So both pretty much as high as you can get. Again, yeah. really beloved film, very well done. And then as far as the box office, also very good. Had a budget of $10 million, and it made 140. Mm. So definitely made more than its money back. Very, very good. Especially for a rated R movie. Wow, so very good. And that's 90s money, so that's a lot of money now. All right, Jeff, so uh, any closing thoughts about Good Will Hunting? Nothing that we didn't already talk about, I don't think. Yeah. Thank you for watching it. Thanks for uh, uh, recommending it. Thanks for being a guest. Again, uh, like having some, like, uh, uh, off-the-wall taste, because everything, for, if I were, if, trust me, I mean, we've done 50 episodes where it's just me and my taste in my movies. Hmm. It's nice to get a little bit of... Uh, different perspectives and this is one i never would have thought to do but i'm well, glad we did do it me too i actually have my my voice mailbox greeting right now is please leave a message and please watch goodwill hunting is it really yeah oh wow folks so if you call jeff uh <laughs> do yourself a favor watch goodwill hunting before yeah. you call him because that way when you do call him you're like Hey, uh, Jeff, guess I missed you. Just want to let you know, I did watch Google Hunting, but uh, in any case, let me know if you can, uh, exactly. let me know if you're free this weekend. Great. Bye. You know, you don't want to be caught in that awkward question spiral. Yeah, it's so awkward. All right, Jeff, uh, anything to plug? Our improv group? Sure. Tell everyone. We're, we're Glass Clown. All we need to get started is one word. No, um, <laughs> we... do a show for you right now. <laughs> yeah. We love doing improv, and... You know, as everything keeps up, continuing to open up, we're performing as many places as we can. That's right. I don't know if you all know this, but uh, uh, a lot of live theaters opening up again. So Glass Clown Improv, we are starting to book shows, starting to perform a lot more. And probably by 2022, right? It'll probably be hopefully a pretty regular thing. Yeah, uh, but so. check us out on Instagram. Is it Glass Clown Improv? Yep. Yeah. Glass Clown Improv. At Glass Clown Improv. Uh, look for us all throughout the various uh, indie theaters. Mm -hmm. um, and also, just a quick reminder, um, you know, like I mentioned, things are reopening, but the only reason why we can reopen is because everybody is getting vaccinated, wearing their mask, getting that booster. I got my booster yesterday. What, really? How yeah. does it feel? I feel uh, bruised, uh -huh. but I felt great. I took a nap yesterday, so I feel oh, great. Nice. Did you get? I think uh, I'm gonna get it today, honestly. Yeah. yeah, honestly, there's a lot of good places. Just you guys, you just walk in now. They take down all the restrictions. Okay. Yeah. So um, yeah, continue to uh, be safe and continue to get vaccinated. And then finally, uh, don't forget to follow us at Wrong Companion Pod on Twitter. Keep up to date with what's going on, the new guests, and uh, episode drops. All right, Jeff. Well, again, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank uh, you. Everybody can't wait to hear about Open Mic uh, uh, in the future. Come, hey, when that movie gets uh, released, come back and do another episode. I would yeah? love to. Yeah. I would love to. Sounds great. Wow. All right. Well, thanks, everybody. Uh, hope you all had a great time watching Good Will Hunting with us. Take care and have a good one.